The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host or guest and should not be interpreted as statement of fact. Independent fact-checking and corrections are encouraged. Can we get a cup of coffee in here, please? America, you've got a dog that needs walking. That's right, sunshine. Just put on a big pot of strong coffee and get ready to type your little hate mail with your opinions about kumbaya and flat earth insanity. Stand up comedy? You want stand up comedy? Well, we got, well, we've got sit down comedy. It's time for Coffee with a Dog. You make me laugh. Ah, I love coffee. I love coffee so much. I love Actually, I like sleeping. I've discovered that sleeping is my favorite thing. Good morning, people of Earth. Let me turn off this Wi-Fi stuff. It's already off. What the hell am I getting Wi-Fi signal for? Anyway, good morning. It is Monday, your favorite day of the week. Not mine. Uh, December 11th, 2023. Kind of a weird anniversary date. I'll talk about that later on. I uh, Just uh, a brief note. I think we're going to have a good show for you today. We have a comedian, Sarah Manson from Sioux Falls or at least active in the Sioux Falls area. She will be uh she will be joining us in the first hour. In the second hour, I'm gonna be talking about this. This uh for the people on the audio only side, uh could Rudy and Donald Trump be linked to the Long Island serial killer and more than just that. Uh turns out the Catholic Church, satanic cults, um sex clubs pedophilia all of it uh tied together in a very strange um i don't want to call it a conspiracy theory it if it's a conspiracy theory it's a conspiracy of convenience uh and i'm just going to be introducing uh the concept today this is a subject that is going to take many many hours and I'm probably going to be devoting at least an hour a week of my nighttime show to detailing that. But I will be introducing uh, astonishing st- stuff will shock you to the core about um, the nature of how many people are involved in serial killings, not just on Long Island, but in Virginia, north uh, north of uh, New York City, up in upstate uh all over the place, uh, all seem to be tied into what 
Maury Terry called the ultimate evil when he detailed the Son of Sam cult almost 40 years ago now. Uh, so that's going to be coming up in the second hour. You want to you want to stay tuned for that. Uh, in the first hour, we have uh, Sarah Manson. I'm not sure if that's her real name, but uh, kind of apropos that this is a Manson Monday morning, uh, considering what I'm going to be talking about in the second hour. Strange weekend for me. I hope you had a, a good weekend. If you remember on Friday, do you remember that far back all the way to Friday? I barely do. But while I was interviewing uh, our guest that morning, um, who uh, Ed Smythe, who I actually spelled his name wrong and he didn't even uh, mention it, no E on the end of Smythe, uh, while I was interviewing him or just talking to him, having a conversation with him, a uh, good friend, Jackie Martling, started texting me uh, abusively, asking me to plug his gig at uh, Palm Beach uh, Kettle Club <laughs> in Florida, South Florida, obviously, Palm Beach. Um, and I waited a minute and didn't do it. And then he texted back. I got guess he was listening and said, well, well, what are you waiting for? Like right in the middle of an interview or a conversation. Got to stop calling it an interview because that's not what it is. Anyway, um, so I did. And then he texted me back like he wanted me to do it again. And uh, let me just say, you know, if you listen to this program, you know that being called a Howard Stern wannabe is not something I I necessarily enjoy. Uh, but at, from time to time, I find myself falling into a Howard Stern wannabe trap. And so the first idea that I had when Jackie was busting my balls to plug his gig was to baba buoy him. I asked uh, listeners to go to his show and bark instead of laugh, bark at his jokes and yell mind dog, uh, kind of like a baba buoy treatment to him. Well, Saturday morning I wake up and the first thing I get is a text from Jackie uh, from a subreddit, Howard Stern subreddit. Uh, went to a Jackie Martling show last night at Palm Beach Kennel Club in West Point, uh, West Palm Beach, and there were people ha heckling Jackie. Uh, some of them approached the stage, and they were taken down by security. Uh, one of them turned out to be Scott, the engineer from the Howard Stern show. Now, I asked Jackie uh, what exactly they were heckling, and his comment was, we'll discuss. I have a feeling... Uh, <laughs> that people actually listen to me sometimes. And, and that's a really bad uh, habit to get into. Um, and I strongly discourage it. Uh, except for when I'm talking about things like um, uh, a <laughs> sex cult and, and <laughs> pedophilia and, and serial killings that involve a former president and his uh, lawyer friend, which we will be talking about in the next hour. You can listen on, on that part. But don't take my advice on stuff. And if I go say go heckle my friends, I'm just kidding. I don't mean to actually do it. Now, I don't have all the details. And possibly, it's possible that um, that's not what it was about. But I don't think, Jackie, this is not the first time he's ever been heckled. I don't think he'd be writing to me first thing in the morning if it didn't have something to do with me. Anyway. So apparently I have a uh, little more influence than I uh, ever imagined I had. And um, not in a good way, I guess. Anyway, um, 
Saturday night's gig. Um, to say things are starting to fall into pattern, I guess would would probably be putting it mildly. Uh, Saturday night arrived at uh, our gig at a new place called Sunsets on Senex, new for us. And as I walked in, saw somebody I knew who I didn't expect to be sitting there. I'm not going to name the person because I don't want. I just don't want to kind of get involved in the personal stuff of this. But uh, if you recall a couple of weeks ago, a story about somebody who showed up at a gig who was formerly a son of uh, an ex-girlfriend, who is now the daughter of an ex-girlfriend, that story. So my friend uh, was at the gig and as we're loading in mikey said did you see who that was i said well he's got a new girlfriend he said no not that uh the two that just walked past us i saw two girls just walking past us i didn't notice them i said no i don't know who that was he said take a look when we get inside it was formally it was two girls uh one of them was formerly the oldest son of the friend that was sitting there. It was his birthday. And I'm not surprised about this. I knew kind of some of the backstory. This guy, uh, somebody I knew, who was very, he was a very masculine boy, young man. Not probably about 32, somewhere in that range. Um, you know, as masculine features as I have. And that's saying something. I mean, you can never, or you find it hard-pressed to imagine me transitioning. Anyway, uh, he is now a, a young woman. Uh, he got a girlfriend. The girlfriend was lesbian, but she, or bisexual, I guess, but preferred les, uh, you know, women, and wanted to turn him or, or convince him that he should be a female. And now he is a female. He's got breasts and all that stuff. And uh, obviously taking hormone therapy and all his uh, features. But he's still got shoulders. But they sat right in front of me. And uh, to me, I, when I'm trying to play something, the last thing I need is to think about things and, and see things that make me wonder. I just wanna, I just want to lose myself in the music. And it was really hard to do. So that was my Saturday night gig. It seemed like there's a pattern of young people showing up at my gigs who I knew when they were male who are now female. You know, I try to um, do my best to adapt to the new world, to respect everybody and, and uh, support everybody's right to do whatever it does, to, whatever it takes to make them happy. But I can't say it doesn't it doesn't put me in a very strange mindset. So uh, that was my gig Saturday night. And then yesterday, um, for whatever reason, uh, I know what reason. I got up early for church and made some weak-ass coffee and just could not get it started. I spent the day napping and then waking up from a nap to take a nap and then having another nap on top of that nap. It was a nappy type of day for me. So that's my weekend. I hope yours was better. I hope yours was um, a little more productive than mine. And uh, let's say hello 
to the gentleman. Let's say hello. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, how how was your? Well, you almost did that in sync. So you're getting closer. Uh, <laughs> weekends, guys, have a good weekend. I had a great weekend. Mine dog coffee. Oh, that. <laughs> no matter how you grind it. Get your grind on with mind dog coffee. Yeah, well, I ground it weak yesterday. Uh, could not, could not get it started. I, I'll be honest with you. Church went by, and I couldn't. If you ask me right now, what the hell he talked about, I couldn't tell you. I was just in a fog the whole. Fuck I mean, that's most people at church, really. Yeah. Mean, and I don't mean I don't just mean Mass <laughs> Resort Church. I mean churches across the world. Like what? What did he say? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah I don't know. I guess you just let it wash over you and all that stuff. So um, later on in the show, I'm going to want to talk about this. Uh, I don't know if you guys even have a, a clue about what, what this stuff is. No, uh, I, I, I had no idea. What most people about, don't. I'm, I'm excited to know, though. I'm excited to learn. Uh, it's going to be a difficult one because uh, for me, it's so detailed and so deep. I don't want to come off as uh, an Alex Jones conspiracy theorist. <laughs> this stuff is rooted in deep fact, uh, and everything can be fact-checked uh, thoroughly. And I don't want anybody to take my word for anything that I say about it. Right. Look I it mean, up. Yeah, it's been known for a long time, though, that like elitists are connected to this kind of stuff, though. I mean, it's, it's not, you know, it's not crazy. Right. It's not really that crazy, I don't think. Uh, no, it's not. Uh, have you guys are familiar with Maury Terry or no? Have you ever heard of Maury Terry and his book, The Ultimate Evil? No, I haven't. Uh, Maury Terry was a journalist uh, in New York. I think he worked for The Post. He worked for uh, Fox News for a time back in the early 80s. He uh, wrote a book called The Ultimate Evil, which uh, details the Son of Sam cult. Uh, which was tied to the Manson cult, which I th- was why I think it's really uh, apropos that this morning we have Sarah Manson on. <laughs> yeah, I call it, I named it no, Manson no Monday. Yeah, <laughs> no relation, right? Uh, I'm wondering, do you know? Is it really her last name, or did she just do I'm that? Like, sure, I'm pretty sure that's her real name. Right. I, mean, I don't know for sure, but I. I Marilyn Manson, is that his real name, or did no, he just... No, not at all. It's like okay. Brian, Brian something. All right, yeah. That's a common last name. Manson? No, something. Oh, something. Anyway, so Maury Terry wrote this book about uh, detailing the depth of the satanic cult that runs deep into... Uh, the pornography world, uh, Hollywood, there was a Hollywood connection with Melanie Haller from Welcome Back, Cotter, being found uh, drugged and uh, sort of halfway raped, <laughs> uh, attempted rape, uh, but uh, almost in an unconscious state on the Long Island Railroad, coming back from a Southampton mansion of Roy Radin, the Cotton Club producer, where there was a, a, a snuff film-oriented orgy. And they, the claim in the book was that most of the Son, and Sa- Son of Sam killings were done uh, in order to produce snuff films. And really? for, for a very powerful uh, weirdos, uh, perverts, and whatever. Um, and all this is related. 
coming up to what I'm going to be talking about today. That's how yeah. deep and long and now, ugly. Now, see, now you got me like there was a American Horror Stories series, um, and one of them was about Fire Island and and stuff like that. But it Fire almost Island. sounds right. It almost sounds like their plot, their subplot, their subplot to their subplot seems to be lining up with what you're talking about, the Rudy Giuliani stuff. Right. It's almost like there's like a parallel, like almost like they got that hands on that data and said, it's just a long here. string. It's you're absolutely right. They're all connected, all oh, uh, a long, uh, ugly string that ties them all together. But again, it's not a conspiracy theory where somebody uh, originally sat down and said, let's do this. Let's plan this out. Uh, I think I forget whose quote it was, but uh, about organized crime, it's really pretty disorganized. And what this is, if it's a conspiracy at all, it's a conspiracy of convenience by people with who need to with cover secrets. up their yeah their secrets and their dirty, shameful acts, having things in common that said, "Well, you cover my ass, I'll cover your ass." But it wasn't like a a conspiracy where people sat down and planned things. It was more of, "Oh, you're into fucking little boys. I'm actually into." killing people for for sexual at sex orgies can we work together on this to cover each other's ass now there was the, there was like a 2013 movie about the long island killer serial killer yeah it is the stuff that you're talking about is that going to like add on to it or oh way past or... that way past that they've got a a a suspect in custody right now his name is rex Huerman, and he's tied into this he's in this little He's uh he's the guy on the on the far left if you're looking at the screen there right next to Giuliani the priest the, no, no the on the other no, side. Just, no, the priest is connected to to Rex <laughs> that sounds like that song the priest is connected to the trombone yeah, yeah, trombone yeah. connected to the <laughs> the priest is connected to Rex he's connected to Giuliani he's uh, connected to all of it uh, and kind of Catholic Church is a central figure in this. So, uh, yeah, I know, Willie, I, I, I know this might trigger some things for you. No, but I mean, you know, uh, it, I, was, I actually I was going to mention, uh, you said that isn't Sarah coming on in the second hour? I'm pretty sure she's on in the second hour. Oh, second hour. I had it for the first hour. OK, well, you yeah, know, what? I could get into this now. Then. Yeah, because I think she wanted more time to put her face on because because I told her it was video. That's fine. Oh, is she putting on that little reindeer antenna? Coming on in I don't know. No, you know, I, I will say about Sarah Manson, she is incredibly stylish. Probably the most stylish comic in the area, for sure. More like, than you? That's hard to believe. <laughs> I like that you think that I have style at all. That's nice. Yeah. I, appreciate it. I, I didn't well, say it was good style or bad yeah, style. I'm pretty, just I'm pretty sure style. she'll be here in the second hour. She oh, yeah, no, I just checked the calendar. You're absolutely right. My bad. See, okay. I was so excited about this show. I was I was thinking of it in reverse. Well, anyway. We can just kind of keep the conversation going of what we're doing. So Yeah, yeah we could do that. Uh, you know what? It's probably best to take a commercial break really quick this is coming up after the commercial break uh, rudy and trump linked to the long island serial killer and more we'll be right back with that after these words from, from our sponsor uh creative live you know time is uh running out to take advantage of that 70 percent site-wide discount so check it out it's time to unleash your creative excellence dreams won't work if you don't they never happen overnight, and they rarely follow a straight line. 
Excellence is a result of the hustle, consistently pushing to do better, and success looks different for everyone. CreativeLive.com charts paths and tailors content for students, but they also encourage independent thinking and exploration. Go outside of your comfort zone. Who knows? You might actually like it. Right now, you can get up to 70% off through this exclusive offer for Coffee with the Dog. CreativeLive.com has site-wide sale for Coffee with the Dog listeners. Save up to 70% off. Go to MindDogTV.com and click on the link on the homepage now. This blank screen is brought to you by Jackie Martling at the Palm Beach Kettle Club. Uh, yeah, so that whole thing is uh, just, I can't wait to talk to Jackie about it. I think right. just, just I, his I mean, uh, we'll discuss made me think that he's uh, a little bit perturbed with me. I, yeah, no, I, I feel like he's probably not all that happy, but I, I'm, <laughs> especially if they had to tackle somebody. And I'm not going to lie, it probably, it probably, like that person's connection to the Howard Stern show probably makes it worse in a way. I would well, say. I think he was fired from that Howard Stern show. Uh, because I, I did some checking around, I, I called some uh, uh, some Howard Stern fans. I said, Is Scott the engineer still with the show? No, he got booted. Uh, oh. so there's that. I don't, yeah, but all of it, yeah, connection there. Yeah. Um, whatever. So, but uh, I don't think Jackie would have texted me first thing in the morning if it was just a normal heckling. Uh, right. Right. And I think he was listening for his plugs because he was abusing me. He was just, if you see the, I can't play the text because then people will get really upset with Jackie because he's, you know, he's calling me names that probably. Are yeah, not but he can call you those or, names. Yeah. He's like, he's, he's calling you those names because he can call you those names in private and he knows you're not going to be upset. That's if, right. they, if they leaked out in public, they'd be like, what an ass. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, like this morning. When yeah. Like I told you how much I appreciate you. I was like, exactly. Yeah, that man. was that was one of the names he called me. So oh, I, bet. I bet. It was. <laughs> I bet it was. So, and yeah. Was just, dude, and then just and as soon as I saw that, I just laughed. And I was like, yeah, that's 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 him saying I love you back. Is, that's that's a, the, uh, that's a Jackie <laughs> influence on me. Yeah. So, yeah. I get um, it. I totally get it. Yeah, so I was talking to my brother about all his past jobs, and one of them that we forgot about was he used to drive for Catholic Charities. And I asked how that job came about, because I was a little bit curious about it. And he told me that it, it was kind of recruited through AA uh, into that. Because they always, all these AA meetings always happen in churches. And they were, he was looking for a job and got uh, recruited into delivering for Catholic Charities. And then... And he was a young sing, single male at the time, and they put him in charge of uh, delivering to uh, young single mothers, delivering benefits and, and food and stuff like that. And he said that was like putting uh, the fox in charge of the hen house. And I said, yeah, yeah, no. yeah Catholic yeah, Church yeah. has a, especially in this area, they like to long, put you in tempting situations. Yeah, they and See, they, I thought of it as. They just want those single moms to find a, an eligible man who's working, and that way they won't be a single mom anymore. So I thought it was like a dating service. It kind of I is that, kind of but it's doing. not. That, that is, I think, low-key, that's part of what their idea is. Except 
they were sending him to four or five single mothers a day uh, at their house. And, you know, it's spend a half hour here with this one, a half hour there with that one. It's more like a gigolo service than a dating service. Man, man, but that's on your brother then, because the Catholic service is totally innocent on this. They're just trying to. No. <laughs> if your brother's diddling all these women, that's just that's just poor self control. That might be you no. Know, that that might be true, and, and I would say uh, obviously he has poor self control. He's at an AA meeting. <laughs> right, right, right. He's got he's got problems. Adulterers Anonymous. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, that got me thinking about the Catholic Church in this area because the, the Catholic Church and Catholic Charities uh, had a long history. The Rockville Center Diocese uh, in the 70s had a series of, uh, I mean, series, over 600 uh, young boys raped. Actually, the number is 666 by priests. That, that, in- that's... That's the I, you could. That's the number of victims. That's the number of victims. The alleged uh, alleged victims. The, the uh, number the the number of the beast is the number of the victims. Sixteen that's, priests. That's Sixteen priests uh, involved, and the head one, the Monsignor, uh, this guy named Alan Placa. He's the priest in that picture. Alan Placa is Rudy Giuliani's best friend since junior high school. Really, uh, he married. He he. Oh, oh, you know he. Uh, he was the whatever. What what what's the word I'm looking for? He married Rudy and his first wife. He had their marriage annulled in the Catholic Church so that he could uh, get married again. He proceeded over his father's funeral. They've been best friends. He is the vice pre. He's also a lawyer, but besides being a uh, Monsignor and. Uh, what? He's also a lawyer, and he's vice president of Rudy's business. For so is he Jesuit? Uh, no, he's a Catholic priest. But could he be a yeah, Jesuit? Jesuits are a sect of Catholic priests. Yeah, and they and they're allowed they to go out and get and they're allowed to go out and get additional education and stuff like that. That's all. No, no. Know. He, well, he had his law degree, but he was uh, just a uh, priest. He wasn't a lawyer until he was defrocked uh, oh, okay. in the nineties after all these allegations came out, and he wrote the um, manifesto of how the Catholic Church is supposed to get out of all the, uh, and how to move priests around from district to district, play hide, hide, the, hide the pervert, and all that kind of stuff. He wrote the documentation for the Catholic Church. He got him out of a lawsuit by declaring bankruptcy. He presided over all this uh, stuff. And there are allegations uh, and lawsuits about him going back to the 1970s of raping young boys when he was uh, hanging out and obviously best friends with Rudy his whole life. And Rudy is uh, good friends with our, our former president, Donald Trump, for the last 50 years. And there's a, a strong connection there. Uh, Alan Placa worked on all of the cases for uh, Trump in the most recent stuff that they never got paid for and all that stuff. Alan Placa in the 1970s, Rex Ewerman is the guy who has been arrested for uh, for the Gilgo murders, the Gilgo uh, serial murder case. He's been arrested for that. In the 1970s, Rex Ewerman lived in the same house that he was living in at the time he got arrested. It was his parents' house. His father died. They were devout Catholics going to the uh, parish in uh, Massapequa Park 
New York, and the priest was Alan Placa. Alan Placa had developed a strong, close relationship with Rex Ewerman, the Long Island serial killer, in the mid-1970s. Uh, and is shown up at pictures at his house and all this kind of stuff. They have a tight relationship. They know each other well. Placa is, is involved with Rudy and Trump. Uh, the, the the threads here are unbelievable how they are connected. Right now, and I mean, just just from what you're saying here, it would it would seem that that guy was probably taking out people that might that might be able to expose them or something. Yeah. Tip of the iceberg here. I'm just getting started. This is hours and hours uh, of of a long thing that I have to whiteboard out and kind of get all the PowerPoint out, however you do it. Uh, Yeah, you got to make like a, like a, like a, like a a wall, uh, like an evidence wall and like with the, you know, like they did it, you know what I'm talking about. Yes, I know. I whiteboard it out completely. Yeah, that'd be great. Now, now isn't Rex's wife about to do an interview or something with um, Peacock or did she already do it with Peacock? They're doing a docuseries. You're jumping way ahead, bro. Uh, (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Uh, I she, can only jump. I, I don't know much about this, so I can only, you know, put in right. a little bit so I can, you know, what a little bit I know. And, I, and if it goes out too far, that's Willie's fault. He should have okay. warned me. So she, she originally uh, claimed uh, to be ignorant of all the stuff that was going on. Uh, now her DNA has been found on, uh, I think it's three. Definitively, three of the corpses that they uh, uncovered at Gilgo. So the same she is, three, the same three uh, that he's being charged with, or a different three from the eleven that they. Found? Three of the four that he's been charged with. Wow. Right. Okay. Now there are eleven bodies, in all, it considered to be part of that case. I'm going to tell you that probably hundreds, yeah. not just on Long Island, but in Virginia. And upstate New York and anywhere that Rex like to travel. And and so it it's gonna be really involved in in and the evidence is there but, that but, this guy has been ki- a killing machine. But what's the source of the DNA from her? Because since they were married, it could be like contact DNA, like her hair was on his shoulder and it fell off, or is it like drool, like she was watching and she was like saliva or like you know, salivating over the body. I like I like, I like how you picture her drooling over over oh, over torch, tortured mutilated corpses that would be uh, yeah if if you can get some drool up for that you're pretty yeah, dark I'm just, I'm just saying we don't know what her kink we don't know what her kink is or if she was I mean, involved that's, true. That's, that's, that's what i'm saying so it may be bodily fluid from other parts where she, she we, straddled we kind, corpses, you know? we kind of do know she was involved because one of the victims that got away gave testimony to uh orgies involving uh all of the uh not all, most of, several of the people already mentioned, orgies at his house where uh, bisexual orgies, men having sex with men, women having sex with women, men torturing and killing, uh, and this woman escaped from that. And and her testimony is that the wife was uh, uh, intimately active in you know, all these. Maybe I don't want to be involved in an orgy as much as I think I do. Not that kind. Like, like it's not all. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, Willie. I'm just saying, Willie. From experience, they're not all like that. 
That, I, I would say that that's probably a lot of truth in that statement. They're no, not they're, all, I'm just saying they're not all like that because I, I, I'm just testifying that I've never seen one murder at any of <laughs> not one. Right. Right. And I'm not are, just saying it's because I was paid to not to not see anything. I'm right. saying I didn't see anything, and I don't know well, anyone who's ever probably, gone missing. You probably got involved in quite a few in your stripper days, I would imagine. Like, that had to be pretty common. We don't need to make him a suspect in all this stuff. <laughs> um. So there is rapid speculation, uh, or, or a lot of speculation, among all the people who are looking into this case, that the Long Island serial killer murders, because of the way they were carried out in the MO, could not have been done by a single person. You had to have help. Right. A big part of it is wrapping torsos and body parts in plastic or right. camouflage plastic. Uh, and, and so, you're, so you're implying that because a rapper wasn't involved, it was a black guy? Oh, my God. Hey, not all rappers are black guys, GD. No, Could have been Vanilla Ice. No, but the good ones are. And these rappers are really good. Oh, these the are, good ones? Oh, okay. So, we, so Eminem just doesn't exist anymore? Is that what Did I say is? rapper I or rapping? Did I say, that's I what I'm saying. If there, were, there were, if there was really good rapping, that's what I'm saying. That's... Which and rapping it, are you saying? Which yeah. was this W silent or not? I don't know. Well, he, it, just suffice to say, he wasn't doing it alone. Okay, he had help. Right. He had help in lots. He had a hype of, man. He had right, a hype man. Right. Don like, King. And part ah! of <laughs> only in America. Yeah, part right? of the only evidence, as GD kind of uh, gave us a spoiler about part of um, the things that tie back to this case. One body that. Uh, December 11th, she was killed on December 11th, I believe, today's date. Uh, I believe it was in 2001. No, it was in the 96. And um, her legs washed up on Tobey Beach, which was right next to Gilgo, uh, wrapped in plastic. But her skull washed up on Fire Island, which is not far away, just uh, 15 miles away or so, uh, on the property of Alan Placker, where Rudy Giuliani was staying. The skull of one of the victims and uh, and the legs, two different ocean areas, washing up on that property, uh, the odds of that are uh, minuscule if they are not involved in somehow. And right. Alan Plack is still walking free. He's still never been arrested, although he's implicated in at least uh, – 20 uh, rapes of young boys in, on his own and covering up 666 rapes of young boys. So there's that connection. Now, uh, all this I'm stuff. I'm going to need Tums after this episode. I just want you to know that. Like, what? Upsetting. I said, I'm going to need Tums after this episode because you're like literally upsetting my insides right yeah now. no no it, it's so oh. it's so bizarre and it we're just scratching the surface here now oh. in 1996 rex Hewerman bought his mother's house from his mother he still he, he was still living in it as an adult he bought it then he's, he's lived up in it until up up until the time he was arrested his mother moved to virginia in 1996. In 1996, a few miles from his mother's house where he went to visit his mother almost every weekend, the I-29 stalkings and murders started happening. The suspects in all the, uh, you know, the, the sketches look exactly 
like Rex Heumann. Wow. The M.O. is of a stalker who uh, uses a ruse uh, and uses the same kind of trucks that Rex had uh because a then lot of women got away true serum and then start asking questions right well opinion. here's the, the thing rex has been given uh permission by the uh the holding cell you know the holding place jail that he's in to have a unsupervised unrecorded private meeting every week one hour private meeting with the catholic priest Rex Ewerman is still listed as the main contributor to Catholic Charities, which was where I started this whole thing, both as his corporation as the number one and then his personal accounts contributing to Catholic Charities. The person who oversaw the Catholic Charities was Al Placa in Rockville Senate. Al Placa's office was right next to Rex Ewerman's aunt. I mean, they shared, they basically uh, shared an adjacent office. So the connection here is just like, he's yeah, known the guy for 50 years, almost 50 yeah. years. He met him at a time when his father just died suspiciously, by the way, the, which a case has never been solved. Rex Human's father died uh, suddenly, uh, which, and under suspicious causes. The priest befriends the young boy, starts fucking him in the ass. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry to laugh at that, but and and become manipulative towards him, and then ends up using him as a tool. Now, there Rex also went hunting and talked, to, and would gross people out with his stories of hunting and stalking prey up in New York, uh, upstate New York, and, he's and talking about people, right. Yeah. And yeah, there's a I mean, connection there with Al Placa's family members and Rex's brother-in-law, who both live in Schenectady, one of them living right next door to one of the victims of uh, uh, what they is unsolved serial murders in the Schenectady, New York case. So if you if you keep in track now, you got the I-29 in Virginia, you got the Schenectady murders, you have Long Island, which they've always said the 11 bodies were just the tip of the iceberg, but they can't connect all the other suspected MOs to this one serial killer. This has been going on since the Son of Sam days with the whole Manson stuff. Now, coming back to the Long Island serial killer case, the chief of police, James Burke, was uh, convicted of being part of a sex cult type of thing. And the guy who exposed that, he beat that guy almost to death and went to jail for beating him up. Him and the DA, the DA uh, Spoda, also went to prison for refusing to investigate the Long Island serial killer case. In other words, they were covering it up and were not sharing any information with the FBI at that point. They were just shutting it down, covering up the people who were involved. So you have Burke, you have Spoda. Spoda was a devout Catholic who had also had a, a personal relationship with Al Placa. Spoda met Dan, uh, James Burke when James Burke was a 13-year-old witness to a satanic ritual killing that happened in Dix Hills, uh, 
Pius was the Pius was the kid's last name. They had shoved rocks down his throat to kill him. A bunch of young boys as part of a satanic ritual case. James Burke was a witness. He was at it and became a witness. Spoda was the lead detective who was also had this uh, relationship with the pedophile priest and all the pedophile priests involved in the Rockville Center diocese, uh, groomed James Burke to be a police captain and then chief of police. All, these guys both went to uh, to to jail. You what? Writing all this out? What do you got? Yeah, you just draw, go you just, yeah. Go ahead. You just I'm, drawing I'm, pictures I'm, of asses. I'm following. I'm, I got you. I'm, I'm right there. I don't think you're following me because I can't even follow myself. This thing is so convoluted. I have to sit down and actually try to uh, map this whole thing out. Yeah, but it, you can but, see how but it deep. Does, it sounds like it's going to be as simple as like a, a numbers connect the dots. You yeah. know what I mean? Like just 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 add it up. Bro. Now I gotta get numbers. Damn it. Now I gotta get numbers. I gotta get the other marker for numbers. This is my letters marker. Oh my god. Yeah. So so basically <laughs> what we're looking at, and and again, I don't want to sound like a fucking Alex Jones wannabe here, because I'm already a Howard Stern wannabe. But we're looking at a web of satanic uh ritual killings where Rex Ewerman, as as uh, ogreish as this guy is, was probably just a tool for the use of other people who who were uh, pulling the strings behind him and using him in other in, in words ways to uh, dispose of potential troubled witnesses and all right. that kind of stuff. Right. But he also enjoyed, uh, without a doubt, the. The stalking, the uh, torture, and murder of people. Uh, now, I didn't even get into the Jeffrey Epstein connection uh, and Donald Trump connection here. Right. There are uh, absolute, absolute um, draw, connected dots between Epstein's New York uh, parties, Donald Trump at them, uh, pictures of them together, and in the corner, and I gotta find this photo. In the corner, in the dark, who do you see in the sitting in on a chair by himself? Alan Placa, the uh, pedophile priest, who's the architect of a massive string or chain of pedophile priests. Hide the priest, move him from. Paris to Paris. I just want to say something real quick here, Matt. Uh, Go ahead. This is important to say. Okay, I, I think it's good. I think it's good that you're uh, talking about this and showing that you life. have a hobby. Um, <laughs> but uh, you should probably throw eyes in the back of your head after today's episode, because like you're gonna fucking really upset some people. I think if anybody's but, actually listening, yeah. I, uh, I just, I just want to say today's my last day on this show. Right, fucking genius. Just like, fuck it, I quit. You don't got to throw me off this fucking show. I don't want to get murdered. Like, well, this will be the last time. I don't know if the last time. I don't plan on making this the focus of this program here. Yeah, uh, I am going to do an expose on it on the evening show. I'm going to take yeah, some time yeah, away from it. Cool. Um, just, just so you know. Sarah Manson, since we're talking about mystery, does dinner mystery theater. She so, does. Yeah, she so does. this is all going to tie in. So do what? With this murder mystery, she may even know about this murder mystery. She may have played it. 
We can find out if she's actually been part of this murder mystery. Well, let me tie it back to uh, to Manson, if I can. I'm not done here. Which Manson? Sarah or or, or um, Charles or um, Marilyn? Charles and uh, the guy they called Manson, too, who ran the uh, satanic cult that David Berkowitz was a part of in, in uh, what's it? Altamaya, Altamaya Park in Yonkers. Um, and well, more sorry, ca- Make sure you guys, did y'all screen capture this? I'm not talking to you. I'm talking to the people. You on- can't even see it. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> I was about to erase and start over on the next chapter. Oh. They didn't, you know, like they didn't get to write this down, then they're going to fail the exam when there's a test. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I- go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You go. You go. Wait, I'm reading this comment. I would imagine every coffee clutch in Long Island has similar theories. I doubt it. I doubt that. Yeah, um, because people, people don't. A, a lot of people like to live in the fantasy that this shit doesn't even occur. Really, you know what I mean? Like Van Hall says, "We're watching this. We're on the list too." No, no, no. As long as hey, listen, they can't kill everybody, and I think they would start with me. So <laughs> it, if I go, that, then you can go into hiding. Isn't that isn't that isn't that such a comforting thing? You get like a bunch of people in the woods and go like they can't kill everybody. Well, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But Maury Terry, it should be said, Maury Terry, who was the uh, author of the Ultimate Evil, died of natural causes uh, some twenty years after he wrote the book, which details all the first the the beginning lineage of this, going back to the Process Church and Anton Lavey and Hollywood and all that stuff, and then this guy he called Manson too who was running the Son of Sam cult in Ultimaya Park uh, in in this area. But at the end of uh, The Ultimate Evil, he ties it into Long Island. And first of all, the Melanie Hallonist of the Welcome Back Cotter Girl, who was found on the train coming back from Roy Radin's uh, snuff film orgy party in Southampton. She was partially raped. Oh, partially raped. What does that mean? They tore her clothes off. They tried to penetrate her. She ran away. She got away. Got on the train. She was in like a drunken stupor. No charges were ever pressed. Cops went there. Uh, Roy Radin ended up dead two months later in the desert in Arizona with his head uh, on top of an open Bible open to the book of Revelation. Uh, Are you fucking kidding me, bro? No, I'm not kidding. And then, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's a book of Revelation in the Bible. Yeah, what? Last one. <laughs> last one. I, 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 I can see why you wouldn't get to it because it's the last one, and you were probably bored with all the other stuff by the time. Wow. So you gave up on wait, it. I'm is... stuck in all the sex stuff in Genesis. I haven't gotten past the sex I'm... stuff in Genesis yet. Right. I think we need Jesus. I think I think we need some prayer maybe on this episode. <laughs> Where's the bread? <laughs> we need <laughs> bread, right? Holy. Yeah, it it gets pretty deep. And now uh, around that time, just around the time that Roy Radin was his body was being discovered here, uh, according to Maury Terry, Manson, too, who was part of the original Manson cult, who was part of they were, according to him, working in conjunction with uh, CIA, MKUltra and all that kind of stuff. And they were Definitely, Manson was definitely working with the CIA with the LSD experiments and all that stuff. This guy Manson too, who he doesn't name by name, uh, goes back out to LA and he gets offed out there. And then they su- supposedly, uh, this is where Mar- Maury Terry's work stopped. But he's talking about 
a string of serial killings or disappearances of young girls. They called the uh, Hempstead murders. Uh, that it is strongly suspected. Again, we come back to sketches and stuff. They look like a young Rex Hewerman, Long Island serial killer. So uh, the the number, the body count of Rex Hewerman could be in several hundreds. There is no doubt that he is work. He worked hand in hand, or had a a, a real strong personal relationship with the Catholic Church, Catholic Charities. He remained a top donor to Catholic Charities up until the moment he was arrested. He's still listed as one of their top uh, guys. And so we, we see Bro, the Vatican. Making me sick in my stomach. It, it, like, right. Now, upsetting. the other part of this is, and nobody would deny this, that the Catholic Church has a undeniable history of rape of young boys and playing. But they also have an undeniable history of a relationship with the Italian-run organized crime that we call the mafia in New York City. And Rudy Giuliani, at that time, was taken on John Gotti, but not for the reasons that he he claimed he was trying to take down the mob and it was... um, all about you know restoring the dignity of Italian Americans. It was one mob family against another. He was against the Gotti people, not, and it yeah, was, he was trying to help restructure. He was re- yeah. part of the restructuring. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And the biggest uh, people who who the uh, Gambino family who uh, John Gotti was connected with, uh, also one of the biggest donors to what the Rockville Center. Diocese of the Catholic Church. Uh, so uh, that this is just, again, an overall, uh, to sit down and map this stuff out and really get into all the details of it uh, and the, you know, go deep, detail by detail of killing by killing, body by body. Uh, it, it's a monumental task, but I think the work needs to be done because I think some of the people who are involved in the cover-up are still involved in the local police and FBI and all that kind of, of stuff. The people to, who need to shine a light on this stuff, and they're not doing it. They're not doing it. Right. They're, they're still protecting all the stuff. But right. the shocker of this is, again, the Epstein connection to uh, Placa, Epstein and Trump and Placa at the same party. You have, and possibly, it's not the very first United States president to be involved in this stuff. Because at that time, in the 90s, Trump and Clinton were good friends. We know Clinton was involved with with Epstein. It just seems like we are living in a hellscape that nobody wants to talk about, the ultimate evil. And I, I you should well, read people and, and about RFK Jr. Death, and and RFK Jr. was on some of Epstein's flights as well. What is this about RFK Jr.? He was on some of Epstein's flights as well. Well, yeah, he, he was on two flights to Palm Beach to go heckle Jack, uh, Jackie, yeah. uh, <laughs> if we're going to tie it all back together. No, to Palm Beach with his wife. Now, he said, uh, my wife was, uh, uh, I, I did not know any of the details, but she was part <laughs> of a fundraiser for uh, Epstein at his uh, mansion in Palm Beach. We never went to the island. No, I don't know anything about that. 
pretty good, right? Not, not a bad. He was pretty damn. That was a good Clinton. I, I, that was a pretty good Clinton impersonation. Oh, uh, anyway, so yeah, it's a really deep thing, but you know, I forget about exactly what the words were, but the chilling last paragraph in the Ultimate Evil talks about this nightmare of. Here you go. Whether you believe in Satan or not, the and I would say not for me. I don't believe that Satan exists, but the belief in Satan is powerful enough to get people to do these kind of things. The, the evil bring out the evil force in human beings, the evil that lives within all of us, the ultimate evil exists. Well, right. I mean, well, I'm just saying, whether you believe in Satan or not. Right. From my, but like, so from my perspective, you know, I think that when, especially when there's a collective belief, uh, like, like, and, and this kind of goes into the, we create our own realities and stuff like that. And so like, you know, it's, and that's why like the death guy, the pause thing, all that kind of stuff. It's what, what you, what you think and what you believe becomes what's real to you you know what i mean um and, and to your consciousness you know yeah. what i mean and like the more the more belief or faith that you put into whatever it is that you believe the more real that becomes and when that belief is a collective belief like it, it makes it even more real you know what i'm saying absolutely Reality is different for everybody, bro. There's 8 billion different realities happening right now. Well, also, oh, oh the ultimate evil PDF. I wonder if I can pull up the last paragraph and, and read it from the ultimate evil. But uh, the people who who run this stuff don't necessarily believe in it, but they use the belief to manipulate people like, right. like Horman right. and, and, and Hewerman. And that's very important to point like like a lot of people like and think about think about like some of these televangelists and stuff like that that don't live anything to what like they really are putting out there or whatever you know what i mean like like you could say that you but you're really just trying to capitalize on other people's belief you know what i mean and so right. that's definitely a thing that occurs as well now because i i've relied so much on maury terry's work on Saying the things that I think I know about this stuff. It should be said that Maury Terry got a lot of things wrong. Uh, not, it was sloppy journalism. Uh, when he interviewed uh, David Berkowitz, Berkowitz wasn't really saying much. Maury Terry would kind of put questions in. Is it true leading that... Yeah. yeah, leading, leading questions. questions. Yeah. yeah. In, court, in court, those would be objections. Right. Be they should objection, be. Objection, leading... Yeah. <laughs> if, if you have a smart attorney, they would object. If you have a dumb attorney, right. they're not going to object. So yeah. a lot of his work has been discredited, but a lot of it can't be discredited because it's absolutely true. I mean, the stuff at Untermeyer Park, we know there was satanic rituals going on there. We know that every sketch from the Son of Sam killings did not look like Berkowitz. Uh, they looked like other people. And uh, Berkowitz claimed that he was only the gunman at two of the, the shootings. We know that Michael Carr uh, died mysteriously on the FBI, uh, uh, ran it, 
where a couple of FBI agents ran him off the guardrail and, uh, and and he killed himself in an accident. We know Pete Carr, son of Sam, both of the car boys, if their father was Sam, who had the barking dog, who lived right behind Berkowitz. We know they lived there. Pete Carr was found with his head, a shotgun uh, blew his head off in uh, Minot, North Dakota, in, uh, in an army base up there. Uh, Again, he was a pretty. He was known as John Weedy's raper of young girls. Um, so we know all all those connections and all that all that stuff can't be disputed. The stuff where Maury Terry is disputed is on the uh, the testimony of Berkowitz. Do it. They don't rely on and don't believe it's true. Um, so there's but, probably a guy dressed in a dog suit going around talking to all these people and talking them into doing this shit, right? That's, right. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. And we know that the uh, the cars had uh, background in calligraphy. They're, they're, uh, and all the cryptic notes were written in that kind of uh, calligraphy uh, style. So we're pretty sure that Michael Carr was the author of all the Breslin letter and all that kind of stuff. All that stuff can be verified. Uh, but so we shouldn't throw out Maury Terry's entire work just because he was really sloppy in his interview with David Berkowitz. I happen to still, even though they were leading questions, I believe Berkowitz was telling the truth when he when he said that, you know, he wasn't the one. He, he admitted to being the killer at two of them and said he never wants to get out of prison. He belongs in prison. Uh, it doesn't sound like a guy who's trying to kind of uh, soft sell his crime so he could get out. Uh, it, it wasn't any of that. It was he was finally coming clean. Uh what is uh hey, do we want to do news and uh this day in history before yeah we, we could do news um you want to do news or you want to do both. uh this week both. this day in history first i have i have both what do you mean? i know you do uh let's do this day in history first okay. uh because on this day in history uh one of the uh gilgo uh victims was murdered that's what i want to say in in two, 1996 I don't know her name. I should have known her name for this. I didn't know we were going to do uh, this day in history. Uh, here it is now. This day. Today in history. No, you just remuted yourself. Uh, now you unmuted. Okay. Yeah, see, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, All right. I, I, see, what I figured out is that it mutes me, and I have to, like, unmute myself as soon as it comes up because of the delay. Right. So, yeah. By the way, I found a, uh, a PDF where I see the last paragraph of Maury Terry's, but it's so small I can't read it, and it's not, it, it's using up all my memory to enlarge the thing because it's, the book, the book was like 1,200 pages or something it was really thick, right. so it's, it's taken all the time to process that. Well, Alright, anyway, today around. in history <laughs> Yeah, what happened today in history? Uh, on this day in 2014, the world's first penis transplant procedure is done at Tigerberg Hospital in Cape Town, South Africa. I believe Dave Chappelle was the patient, I'm pretty sure. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Penis penis transplant history. Yeah. Why? Um, What, just to get a bigger one? I just, you know, I, 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 it didn't have a lot of details. I was curious about that myself. But. All right, let me comment here because um, in 2004, when I was working in pathology, I got a call, come down to the lab. We need you to uh, document something. And on the tray was the head of a penis, well, the, the half of a penis and the head of a penis. 
And I said, what's with this? He said, well, it had cancer in the head of its penis. Uh, we had to cut it off. And the guy was upstairs about to wake up. And I'm doing the work. I'm like, what's going to happen now? I mean, it, how does he live? Well, he's got a bag. So, it, uh, and but they were talking then about grafting uh, an artificial penis onto right. him. So I don't think maybe maybe that's the first successful man to man. But yeah, and, you what, know, I, I wish it the details here are they taking yeah. it off a corpse or or they taking it off? Like I'm going to donate my penis to this guy even because right. I'm not using it right. anymore. Right. And when I die, yeah, you know, there's a big dick motherfucker out there. Or even you don't have penis. to die. Or I'm I'm either gonna be a trans oh, person, yeah, 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 or I'm just too old to use this fucking thing. It ain't fucking doing nothing for well, me I anyway. Want, but... I don't really want an old one. I don't really want an old one. Give me, give me thirty grand. You can have mine. <laughs> all right. All right. I wonder I'll... what they go for on the black market. Anyway, thirty grand. That's uh, the price. First of all, black, the black market. Why? Why you gotta be? Why do they have? Why can't you just sell it on any other market? Why is it got to be a black? Market? I don't think. I don't always got to come back to race no, with you. No, no. Willie's the one who started. No, Willie started that. Okay, Willie's the one that brought up the black. He, market. Yeah, he invented the the term black market just now. Oh yeah, yeah, sure he did. did. He sure did. did. Racist. Willie, how dare you? <laughs> yeah, I'm, you racist. Yeah, I'm very fuck racist. you. That's true. Where's the uh, hood? Moving <laughs> on. And today in history, also, also on this day in thirteen, I got some really gay news today. I don't know why. Also on this day in 1395, John Eleanor Reichner, a male cross-dressing prostitute, is brought to court in London, and this is in quotations, for committing that detestable, unmentionable, and ignominious vice. It was the only late medieval England, it was late medieval England's only recorded case on same-sex intercourse. And the jury is still out, and so am I. All right, anyway. Uh, wait, a, wait a minute. This was 1395? 1395, yes. Cross-dressing prostitute. Cross-dressing prostitute. John Eleanor In 1395. Are you sure they went on their way to a Shakespearean play? When, you know, when, when right. was Shakespeare, dog? No. Right, <laughs> yeah. They all, they all cross-dress. Yeah, exactly. I think they were just, you know, I think somebody enjoyed the sex a little too much, and they were like, I got to fucking get rid of this guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, because back then, women weren't allowed to be actors, so how do we know it just wasn't a guy who wasn't, who was playing a role? That's sad. Also, uh, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. Did you see Craig Johnson's comment here? Oh my God, you got to put that. What happened? Craig Johnson. Canis, 1958 model, high mileage, slightly dented, 1500 or <laughs> <her> best off. <laughs> uh, <sighs> I'm dying. That's I think I might doing. have to go on Craigslist and put that in the, the for sale. Yeah, hey, yeah, that's the. <laughs> but oh, I, I'm thinking about this cross dressing in 1395. I mean, because you know. Well, 1395 isn't it? In, in the 1600s and 1700s in this country, uh, men wore high heels, makeup, and wigs. Uh, so how would you even tell what cross-dressing was at well, that point? Listen, they, I don't think I don't think the cross-dressing was the issue. I don't. I, I think no, you guys are focusing back then. Back no, then. but the fact that they called them cross-dressing in 1395 yeah. is just like weird. Because how do you, how would you even well, identify? You know, if your hanky, if your hanky was in the left, verbiage. Okay, it depends if your hanky's in the left or if your hanky's in the right. That's because that's how they carry their hankies. 
So that's how you can tell if they're cross-dressing, where they had their hankies. You are you are a very educated man about these these things. You are our leading expert in 13th or 12th century, 14th century, whatever (laughs) century it was. Well, you learn a thing or two. You learn a thing or two. You learn right. a thing or two as a stripper. We still have more uh, this day right. in history to go, one right? More, one more on this day in history, and then we got the news. All right. On this day in 1958, Frank uh, Ferrana Jr. is born in San Jose, California. You may know him better as Motley Crue's Nikki Six. Happy birthday to Nikki Six, 65 today. All right. I didn't know him as either name. No. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know Sorry. who Mickey Six is? Come on. No, I honestly, until you just now, you said, I have no idea what a Mickey Six is until just now. Nikki Six was the lead singer of Motley Crue, bro. I, I, I'm glad you told me that. I did not know until just now. All right. No, I didn't even know they had a lead singer. I just thought those, I, I, didn't, I just assumed they had singers. I don't know. I don't know anything about Motley Crue. I think well, they have two dots over the E in Motley. They, no, or is it over the O? Uh, so is that this day in history? Are we wrapping yes, it up? Yes, that's this day in history. I'm not playing the music. I'm oh, not, the, okay, all right. On the way uh, up. So Wait, this is news. No, right. no, it's not news yet. No? No. Music. What are we doing then? Uh, because I have to play the music for the news. But before, I wanted to read the par- the last, very last oh, okay. I didn't uh, know. paragraph okay, yes. yeah. from The Ultimate Evil. It says, Manson... Here she is. She's in the not background. Sarah. But the uh, other not one. Sarah, no. Uh, Charles. Manson challenged the Los Angeles courtroom in the 19, when the 1970s began. You say there are just a few. There are many, many more coming in the same direction. They are running in the streets, and they are coming right at you uh, in New York. Berkowitz would write, there are other sons out there, uh, sons of Sam. God help the world. Sometimes late at night, one can know the truth of their words. Through the darkness, a foreboding wail can be heard faintly at first, then more insistent and nearer. The reverberations ring through urban canyons, roll across the shadowed byways of Scarsdale and Bel Air, and they are carried in the night wind to the remote reaches of the rural countrysides. It is a mournful, curdling cry. It is the sound of America screaming. That's how it and uh, it details all that stuff, and it will scare the shit out of you. The ultimate evil is where this history begins. It's not where it ends. It, it ends right. with Matt Napo well, getting they, a bullet to the back of his head while he's doing a live podcast. Right. It might, it might be. It might. All right. All right. Let's so, do the news really quickly. Let me play. Yeah, it's the... only two. I only got two stories. Okay. But I do that. I got to get your images ready anyway. So. All right. Tyreek Hill has gifted 76 Segway scooters to his Miami Dolphin teammates. The kind gesture is actually a low-key attempt to help some of the players in their post-NFL careers as mall cops. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this story is from Earth.com, and I really encourage people to like go and, and look up this story because I'm only going to just brush the top of it um but uh you got the picture which one i got two pictures here either one of them you can put them both up for all i care so this north dakota south dakota 
No, uh, you know what? Uh, I did not. I did not find the location of it, but. This is Steve, an aura first identified in 2018 as distinct than from the more familiar auras we know of, such as like the Northern Lights. Claire Gasquet is a promising graduate student in the physics department of the University of California, Berkeley, and has proposed intriguing explanations of these phenomena, one that suggests a physical mechanism vastly different than what's responsible for traditional auras. But what I want to, the reason I brought this story up is because, so, um, the Berkeley department, physics department, is a lot of what is doing the surf research at that Sanford Underground Research Facility. Right. And uh, they have a dark matter collector down there. And um, what this lady is wanting to do is they want to put rockets into these auras and see what happens. They want to oh, shoot rockets. What into could the go wrong? And see what happens. I'm pretty sure that this, like, we're basically on the verge of this is probably going to end up being some portal shit. So um, before, before or after shit. the satanic cults and Catholic Church have me taken out? <laughs> yeah, I mean, dude, it's like the world's going bananas. Did you see like, the thing about the black hole and the sun that just appeared and they're freaking out about yeah, that? I saw that. It's supposed to cause, you know, stuff like you just showed there. That yeah. was aura thing. It, it's bro. It, anyway, it's the, the time to meet our, our guest today. Our guest today is Sarah Manson. Uh, she is uh, a comedian uh, working in the Sioux Falls, South Dakota, uh, where dark matter is a definite uh, problem for Willie at the moment. Uh, well, Willie has Willie has described her as the most stylish comedian working today let's meet sarah manson sarah welcome hello hi how does it feel to be the most stylish uh comedian working today you know it feels incredible i don't think it's that hard but (laughs) (laughs) that's that's fair that's a fair assessment yeah i think willie i i thought willie was was the most stylish until today so that's that's a major upgrade i guess oh well thank you i appreciate that South Dakota. Now, uh, first of all, let's go back. Is Manson your given name? You're, you're, you were born? No, Manson? no. Manson is a stage name. Okay. See, uh, we were we were debating because uh, whether that was a thing. Uh, it, does it bring you uh, the kind of attention? Does it help with your career, Manson? Because it has a darkness to it. It does. Um, so I've... Here's the reason I'm called Sarah Manson, and it started when I was 16. So when I was uh, when I had my parents' given name, it was a very complicated and weird name. And I I used to student teach fourth graders in high school, and every day I wore a Marilyn Manson shirt, and they couldn't pronounce my name. So after I was teaching these little kids, they just started calling me Miss Manson, and that stuck with me since I was a teenager. And I've been married a couple times and had a lot of different last names, but Sarah Manson stuck with me since then. So yeah, that's cool. That's a cool. All right, cool. Yeah, that's a story. Now, when when people come to see you do comedy, are they expecting? darkness are they expecting uh a marilyn manson type of comedy (laughs) i don't think so but i can give it to them if that's what they want (laughs) oh really you can go dark i can yeah i've I've definitely uh worn a lot of goth outfits to do comedy i've got it i do a lot of things with bats like bat 
outfits and things like that. I, I was in a play last year where I was uh, a bat. And uh, so I've, I've actually got a group of friends. I've got like the craziest story for you guys that happened yesterday. So oh, please, please. <laughs> I was I was out with the bats, right? We do bat brunch because all of us were bats in this play. And we go to Who Hot and we, we go to sit down. And my friend, yeah, she sits down in this chair and it's like, a chair with a wooden top and then a frame. She goes to scooch in with it, catches her finger under the under the top of the chair and rips her fingertip off. Like she sleeved it. Like that's they call it sleeving. It ripped down to the bone and ripped her fingertip oh. off. It oh was hurting blood like a horror movie all over me, all over everybody at the table. And then she like had to, we had to find her fingertip on the floor and she like rushed off to the hospital to get it reattached. Like this is what happens around me. <laughs> wow. Uh, so it's time for a finger transplant, fingertip transplant. Yeah. Maybe send it to South Africa or yeah. wrap right. it in plastic and dump it on a uh, Long Island beach somewhere, uh, which is a very well, ugly. She, she tried to reattach it, but it didn't go great. I hope she gets like a million dollars from Hoo Hot. <laughs> Wow, they, they a million? To put it back on? Uh, it the, she lost her fingernail and part of her finger. So, <sighs> wow, Which one? can she still drive? I mean, can she still drive? Which finger is it? It's her ring finger on her left. Okay, hand. so she still can do traffic then. She can. Yeah, okay. <laughs> she'll I, be fine. She'll be fine oh, with. Yeah, that. okay. Oh, and now she's you. got this huge cast on her finger that looks like she's flipping you off permanently because it's. <laughs> Now, I, I, I'm sorry to laugh at her pain. If she's listening right now, I'm really sorry about that. I, no, it's okay. I, I totally, like, as soon as she messaged me, she was like, oh, I'm going into surgery. And they were like, and I said, oh, well, you know, needless to say, they didn't get a tip at the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> they did. Yeah. No, they, they couldn't, couldn't keep it. it. They tried to reattach it. <laughs> yeah, so I've been writing the comedy bit to go with that all day today. So. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, is, is she married? Yes. Oh, so uh, I was gonna say well, to put a, it would be really awkward putting a, a ring on that finger at that point. Yeah. <laughs> Probably <laughs> like, switch hands because you don't want to draw attention to it. Here's your bit. stub. Yeah. Uh, oh my goodness. Yeah. Uh, so, but do you think a million dollars is? I think it's far more than that. I mean. I mean, I I think yeah. I think she should get more than that for sure. Right. Lawsuits these days, I mean, they're bizarre numbers for for less than that. So, yeah, good. Uh, it's good for her. Her, her. her financial future is set because we know there's no money in comedy. Is she a comedian? No. She's, no, she's not. She's an actress. So, <laughs> an actress in murder oh. mystery. Like, what is the? Is the bat like a a, a, a theater, theatrical play? Is it like a? It was a Christmas kid? play. <laughs> what? what? The bat before Christmas. Kind of. It was it was a it was a spoof play about it was a guy trying to read the night before Christmas, but he kept saying instead of certain things, he'd say bats, and then we were bats and we were chaos bats and we'd come running in. The best part was I got to spear this little girl, like wrestling spear her. Yeah, it was great. Like Brock wow. Lesnar or whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly like Brock Lesnar. They were like, Okay, so somebody needs to like attack this little girl as a bat. And I was like, I took this role solely so I could attack children. So <laughs> I, just, so, just so you can spear a job. Yeah, right. that's why I took the role. Wow. Right. I, I, so I, I have, to take my glasses off. If they're really I, have a, I have a dinner theater question for you. Yeah. Okay. As a performer. Yeah. What do you think is the worst food for people to eat while do, while dinner theater while they're watching dinner theater? 
Oh, it'd be like a bloody steak or something like that, you know, like anything that would look like blood. <laughs> okay, because I also because I was I wasn't sure because I was thinking like anything crunchy because then you couldn't hear like a dialogue. Is that so? I was just wondering what you thought because I've never done dinner theater. I've, I I aspire to it because of Matt. He's wanted me to, but he's okay. a great dinner theater actor. But so, so I was just wondering what you thought. Some of my fun dinner theater. Okay, so when we're seated actors, we have to, you know, we're supposed to pretend to be somebody else, right? So we have to infiltrate the groups of people, and we have to make them think we're just a patron. So in that situation, like we got, uh, sometimes our friends will come and they can have like cheaper tickets because they're friends and family. And so uh, one of my friends came and they seated her at the same table as me, but we were supposed to pretend like we didn't know each other. So we had like cheesecake at the end with like raspberries and all this fruit on top of it. Mm. And I was, I was the murderer. So I had to get more and more suspicious throughout the night. And by the end, we're just sitting there at this, you know, this table with like 10 people with us at it. And I'm supposed to get weirder. So I just started a food fight fight with her <laughs> I, started, I started flinging like the fruit from my cheesecake at her across the table and every I mean it's real fancy so everybody at this whole thing was like oh my god what is happening and then she got into it she started throwing it back at me and then there were these really annoying people at the next table and they were like they saw us doing it and so I I threw something at them and they started <laughs> at the patrons, like paying customers. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, paying customers. Awesome. And we we started that's a food awesome. fight and it was great. So I'd say thumbs up on anything like that I can start a food fight with as an actor. So thumbs up on <laughs> thumbs up on projectile food. Yes. Okay. I love the projectile foods so that don't make a huge mess for the staff to clean up afterwards. <laughs> now, there's a couple of things you said that are, that are interesting to me. First of all, that you're the murderer. Is that, are you always play the murderer or have you played different parts? No, I play lots of different roles. We all do, but I, I tend to be the murderer the most. And I love that role because I like to, <laughs> it's, it's, you... one, it's one of the hardest because you're, you're a solo actor. So you, you show up at a thing by yourself, which is suspicious to everyone right away. You know, why is this person going to a thing alone? So uh, it's a suspicious role, but then, you know, you're there the longest, you don't die. So you make it all the way to the end and you have to get crazier and crazier. And then at the end you have a huge, you know, thing where you're revealed and you have to throw a huge fit and you have to, the police come and you have to have a meltdown and get arrested. Cause the one I, the one that I've been involved with, uh, the, you don't want the audience to figure it out. It's a, mer it's a mystery. You want them to kind of vote. That what they do is they take a vote on it at the end, and whoever gets it, I guess they give prizes to and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But uh, so you want to make it obvious. You, you say yes, yeah, start to act more and more suspicious. You want to make it obvious right. to, the, to the audience. Right. So, I mean, it's a long, it's like a three hour thing. So, you know, it's, it's slow right. and they get clues throughout the night. So then the people that are, that are, that seem the most suspicious start dying. So then the people that they think it is all of a sudden are dead. And then they're like, oh my God, who is it? You know? So then it gets, uh, but at, at the very end of it, right before the big reveal, I have to get more and more suspicious so that it, they figure out it's me. Interesting. Mine, only one person dies and then they have to figure out who, who the murderer is at the end. Oh, ours are three. Three people die throughout ours. Have you ever had to be a dyer? <laughs> I, I do off, often, Sire? yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I do often get murdered. Yes, that's that's I, I've got one coming up here in a few weeks and I have this huge monologue I'm trying to memorize for it. But yeah, I do I do die often. And I'm yeah, I'm good at dying on stage. I should get involved in these things. Yeah, you, you are. Yeah, you're a natural. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, everybody wants want... to see him die. So <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's it. Yeah. That too. Thank you. Yeah. 
That's right. <laughs> now, <laughs> Willie does a thing called slow death. When, and now, because when I, the one I'm involved with, the the woman who ends up, I shouldn't even say the woman. I, and nobody who listening, if you ever go to my mur the mur murder mystery. Just forget everything I just said. The person who dies takes a long time to die. And I'm sitting there watching it and I'm going like, oh, come on, die already. I yeah. mean, <laughs> uh, are you a slow dyer or you, you take? I, I, I take an appropriate amount of time to die. Uh, <laughs> an the... appropriate amount. Yeah. Now, when you die, do you have a pause? Or that you just no, no, no. It, it's an Daniel imperceptible pause. You know the reference, bro. That's not fair. Yeah. <laughs> It's an imperceptible pause. By the, the, way. the complicated part is, is as you know, we have to make them, you know, oh, way over the top, you know, really over the top yeah. and theatrical. But we're also supposed to do callbacks to audience members during our death. So you have to be very observant throughout the whole course of the evening. And then, you know, when you're dying, you have to be like, oh, my God. Oh, my God, I'm dying. Oh, my God. Did you like this food? Or, you know, you have to say stuff like, very, <laughs> like you have to walk around to specific people and, and be fine. With the so, like, if I were dying, I would say something like, uh, "Oh, oh, Sarah, I remember seeing you at the caves of the mountains of uh, National Natural uh, Landmark," and you would go, "Yeah, I was there. What year?" <laughs> no, that that wouldn't be very funny. No, it's not. <laughs> this is what he specializes comedy. in. Not being yeah, very I don't funny. know anything about comedy. No, yeah. Okay. So uh, there, and it's an adult show. So I mean, there's a lot of like sexual, funny sexual things that like the names people pick. We encourage them to come up with funny, like you know, goofy sexual. So you'd give a call back to somebody who got up and said something about you know banging rock stars or something like that, and you'd be wow. like, oh, I love you know, and especially when you're the last murderer to die, you'd be like, oh my god, I loved him more than. Bill loves riding horses, or I loved him more than this lady loves tequila because they're all drunk, you know. <laughs> wow, an adult because kids have been at the ones that I've I've been. Oh in, no, you know? um, no children allowed at ours. <laughs> no children allowed at all. This is interesting. Now, do, do, do they do you do it in nightclubs and things like that, or is it privately contracted? What like somebody will hire you to do their party, their sixtieth birthday party, or something crazy like that both um uh we do shows at like a big banquet room in the sheraton here that are public shows that people can buy tickets to but we do private shows a lot wow. and and i just the last few i love to travel and do the private shows but the last few have been weird we just did one at a casino where it was like in the in the restaurant but in the middle of the casino restaurant so there was like <laughs> lottery machines everywhere and it was so weird and that Pretty was cool. cool and and then the one before that we did at a daycare. So it was like, it was for the staff, but all the tables were really low, right? Like right, right. <laughs> kindergarten, uh, school tables. Stuff, that's awesome. yeah. oh, it weird. was so weird because we walked in and, and we were setting up before the, like, you know, before anyone was there, it was locked. And so the lady goes, well, do you need the like staff restrooms or can you just use the like regular open ones? And I'm like, well, do they have full size toilets? And she's like, yeah, I go, no, no, then we're fine. And then, <laughs> they leave and we go in and there's toilets but no doors on any of the stalls it's just so <laughs> oh that would not work no. for me. i would have to leave immediately like, what? <laughs> you know coming back to the other night the the two girls but there were cameras them, right there were no doors but there were cameras yeah right no hopefully not for the for the children 
the the girl the girl and her uh newly transitioned girl both did go to the to the ladies room the other night we both noticed that from where we were playing and i was just thinking like what is because she hasn't had her surgery so she's going into uh a, a ladies room with the dick and like uh it's just like what do you do you lock the door and tell people don't come i mean it's still a very touchy type of thing like because it's one thing to see two girls walking into the ladies room but when one of them pulls the dick out it's it's like offsetting to anybody else. I, I, another woman in there might be petrified by that. I, well, how would you know if they go into a stall? And right, it's a ladies' room, so there's no urinals. So right. she would be in a private place when she did it. So right. it would be very unless, weird unless, if someone saw that. Unless they didn't have doors. Unless they didn't have doors. Yeah. Doors on the stall. That might be. It's, you, you, no, but, you uh, know, you know, I think you know if somebody's that, standing up, you see. <laughs> Bathrooms are getting bathrooms are getting more and more fluid. Really, I mean, um, yeah. Like I saw, I this over the weekend, and I don't even remember what place I was at, but I saw like like a dude dude go into what was like the ladies' bathroom, but he went in there with another lady. I just figured they were going to fuck. It was Jerry you know Irby, right? I mean? Like I figured that's what was going to happen, huh? It, it was Jerry Irby. <laughs> no, it definitely wasn't Jerry. Why? Well, he well, said he uses the ladies' room all the time. That's what when no, he was he, on the show. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, I could see that. I could see him doing that just to be, <laughs> just you know, Jerry would probably do that just to, just to see if somebody's going to say something. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, I'm, so, I'm just, sorry to derail the conversation. Uh, okay, just the, the idea of a uh, stalls without a door on it reminded oh, me of the other night in my. I think as a plumber, Jerry's allowed to go in any bathroom ever anytime he wants. That's probably true. I think uh-huh. he gets a free pass. <laughs> so th- just for, for uh, reference out there, if you want to be a pervert, get yourself a plumber's license. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and see, I don't understand what the big deal is about, quote, the gender fluid bathrooms, because having been a concert goer back in the 70s and 80s, right. women's restrooms were always so, the lines were always so long for the ladies' restrooms that they were often using the men's restrooms. They just had one of their friends stand guard outside the stall. Right. You know, right. So I don't understand where all this craziness is coming from now. It's come yeah. from the from the unacknowledged truth that all men are fucking perverts and can't be trusted. And if they have their dick out, they're dangerous. That's but that's been always. <laughs> I why know. It, yeah. That that's why the women that's why women develop the buddy system. I mean I know. I know. But that's that's why that's why that's the when you the people who uh, make the biggest noise about it are the people who know that if I had my dick out and there was a girl in there, I would probably make sure she saw it. Those the, the perverts are the ones yapping the loudest about it. Okay, so Sarah, speaking of Willie, how long have you known? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> What the fuck? All right, then. How long have you known Willie? I just want to say for the record, Willie is not a pervert. Continue. Oh, I'm a pervert. Okay. I will get back to that later. I'm sorry, Sarah. I've been been doing comedy about nine months now, so I'd say nine months. Nine months? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. How long have you been doing dinner theater? That's that's one of the things about her. that I. But she's also done quite a bit of other performing Oh yeah. Before she started doing comedy. No, I was gonna like, say you probably like she, have a, a background in improv, right? Yeah, or... she hit the she hit the road running, bro. I mean, like yeah. like this, and she's on fire. She's very active. She's always out there doing stuff. Like she's hosting shows every week, pretty much. Would yeah, you, I have. You I have there? Yeah, I have twelve shows this month. Yeah, wow. you know, I mean, she's hard after it, and she's really good at what she does. 
So the question becomes is now that you've you've branched out into comedy from acting and yeah. and uh is is because I talk about this with Willie all the time, it really behooves you to, to kind of focus on one or the other uh, career-wise. Where, where is your main uh, thrust of your energy going to? Comedy, for sure. It is. Yeah. Now, and now is that, uh, was that a revelation to you? Is it something you expected in life? Like, was, or did it, is this a surprise to you that? It's a surprise. Um, I've always my whole life thought I was going to do something very important and be famous uh, and, and be on stage. But I, I always thought it would be as a musician and I didn't, that just didn't really work out for me. And I don't know why I, I never really hit it hard, but I took piano for 10, 20 years uh, when I was growing up and I always thought I'd be the lead singer of a rock and roll band, but I never, I don't know, I never did it. And then I, I, but I've, I've really always been a performer. So I started doing acting about a year ago and then, I mean, I've really been involved in music around here in the local scene, managing bands, booking bands, doing all that kind of back, you know, I've worked security for concerts and venues and all that stuff. I take, that's my other job is I take care of rock stars. I do artist hospitality. Wow. So I take care of them, but I, I always thought I should be on the stage. So I started with acting and I, I loved it, but acting kind of takes like a break in the, in the winter for a while there, they don't really do a lot. And I thought my friend said, you know, Hey, maybe you should try comedy. There's these open mics, go check it out. And I started doing comedy and now I've, I don't really do much theater anymore. I, I do mostly comedy and I love it. And I know I've been, people keep going, when are you going to try out for this? When are you going to try out for that? And I, I really wanted to be in hair. Hair's coming up here soon, but being wow. in theater is, is a huge commitment because it's, you know, it's rehearsal three nights a week. And then yeah. when you get into it, it's, you know, five nights a week. And I've got so many comedy shows coming up. I don't have, I can't commit to those rehearsals. That's schedules. exactly what I'm telling you. Like putting all yeah. your, it pays to put your energy into one because yeah. you just hit on it. Absolutely correct. You don't have the time to do everything well. There's yeah. no, you can't do everything well. So I, I know Willie is divided between music and comedy right now, but I think the, the best way, if you have, uh, diverse interest is to put your energy into one, make it in that, and then branch out once you've established yourself, whatever that means to people as a success in one area. But yeah, um, yeah uh, so you're there's pros and cons to all this stuff now. Yeah. Music, it baffled me. And you say, I want to be a, a lead singer in a band. The complexities, and this is where I look at stuff in Kismet and people who have made it in bands. The odds of you finding people who are going to click with you and bring your brand of music together as a four-piece, five-piece, whatever, to find everybody who's going to be on the same page to make it a success, like the Beatles. The odds of those four people finding right. each other is so minuscule. And you, But in comedy, you are the master of your own destiny you're it's just you but you're competing with a billion other yous out there who, who want to make it so there's pros and cons to all this kind of stuff and what where you put your acting is pretty pretty much the same as music you got to first of all be cast in the right role that's right for you you have to be dependent on other people delivering uh, their performance that will support you and highlight you so it's all but they all have different catch 22s or uh different 
obstacles and challenges to make it to to finding the spotlight and finding your uh your comfort zone where you're or you're most productive well even if you're like a successful serial killer you i understand what you're saying it's yeah you need to have the right kind of victims but you need to have the right kind of friends to help you cover it up the right kind of wife or husband so i understand what you're saying is that what you do me i'm not successful i i I have failed at like multiple careers right now interesting here's the thing here's the difference in the thing about theater versus versus comedy first of all and when i'm doing theater i definitely think it I, I find it more stressful than comedy because you do you do count on everyone else to give a line so you can go you know or and also you have the pressure of having to deliver every one of your lines so everyone else can keep going like right. that's that's very stressful in comedy you know, it's, it's you. And if you bomb, it's only you, you know, you don't have to worry about everybody else. And that's a relief to me that I don't have to, and everyone else isn't counting on me. Right. But, but if you you're know, the host, if you're the host, quite often the headliner will go like, you know, the audience would have been a lot better if you were a better host. You didn't warm them up for me. Well, even I'm not opening for those assholes. <laughs> I'm, just saying, I'm just saying that I'm just saying sometimes the head, sometimes the feature and the headliner are just bad. But they don't want to say it was them. It's just like it's the host or the hostess or the. I'm gonna swap you two so I can cover up GD with this a little bit. So, uh, it just says please share, like, and comment, and all that kind of stuff. Um, Why are you shaking your goodies? Because I'm covering it up. I just wanted to have, you know, that's all. But right. something one of my friends told me that was really important to me was thinking about theater versus comedy, and they said. They said, you know what? Theater is telling someone else's story and comedy is telling your own. Right. And that, Unless that you're Minaj, what's his name? Hanaj Manatwa. What's his name? Hanaj. That guy. Uh, that guy we're going to say goodbye to GD right now. Uh, so long. Um, <laughs> the, the guy from the, from the Daily Show. That Minaj. Hassan Minaj. Yeah, unless you're him. Yeah. Uh, no, not the same thing. Basically, uh, when you get a laugh in theater, it can't be the same as getting a la- as gratifying as getting a laugh in stand-up comedy, telling your own truth as opposed to a line that somebody else has written down. Even if you get a great laugh and the audience just totally responds to that, it's not necessarily your humor that they're laughing at, even though it's part of your delivery and all that stuff. It's somebody else's work. I, I still think it's it is gratifying because you're convincing those people that it is you, and that's right, hard. Right. It's yeah. it's hard to convince people that you are that character. And I in a play I played some a, a character that I had this huge monologue about. Uh, it was you know it was written about a much older lady, and she had been out with Leonard Nimoy, seeing Leonard Nimoy on tour in like the 70s and 60s and stuff. And and I, I you know, I, I give this big monologue about it and I did a really great job. And then this, these people would come up after me and start telling me about Leonard Nimoy and how they'd seen him and how great he was and that like it was me. And I would be like, okay, I, I've never seen Leonard Nimoy. I don't know anything about him, but the fact uh-huh. that I convinced them and they really believed that that was my story, that felt really good. Yeah. You know, Willie did that on purpose. Willie popped out and came back in so he could have the please like and share comment. Yeah. That's so rude. Okay. He wanted the banner. Yeah, he wanted the banner. So he's like, I'm popping out. No. Fuck him. <laughs> Fuck him. I got him back. Ow. <laughs> Wait, maybe, maybe it should be me, right? <laughs> now I feel like we're doing a Brady Bunch thing here, yeah. like Hollywood yeah. Squares. Do you ever do yeah. Hollywood Squares? 
something you said there uh, kind of surprised me. You said hair was coming. Now, hair was a musical. I was seven or eight years old when that was on Broadway, and it was the biggest thing. Uh, the, the, the message from that play, uh, it's definitely not the same now as it was then. I mean, it was all about uh, the hippie movement and uh, long hair uh, kind of being a symbol of a new freedom and all that kind of stuff. So it's just, it, is the play still relevant today? I think so. Uh, so here's the thing about hair. Hair, if you know the song Hair, it was by the Cowsills. Right. Give me it down to there. Yeah, yeah. Hair was a Cowsills <laughs> song. And uh, my mom was legit a Cowsills groupie back in the day. Like, my mom lost her virginity to a Cowsill. So <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that song is that that musical is very relevant to me because I grew up listening to the Cowsills like every day so that song when it's like hair my mom goes oh my god you're gonna be in that right and they were scouting me for it because i have a lot of tattoos and they were like we're looking for people with you know body art because there's a lot of nudity in it and i was like i have to be in hair my mom's like do I need nudity yeah she's like do i need the councils to write you a letter <laughs> <laughs> i was, I was just looking up contact with them what what wow stepbrother or anything with them or what's <laughs> going on I was just looking up Cowsill songs because I knew about Hair, but yeah. then I I, know, I couldn't remember any of their other songs. The Rain, uh, the Park, and other things. Flowers the, in her hair. I love the Flower hair. Girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the one that surprised me, Love American Style, the theme for, and Willie's too young to know this, Love American Style, the, the show, they they sang the theme for that. I did not know that. Yeah. I they love were, the okay. Flower Girl. I like to say they were the White Jackson Five. <laughs> so that was the Osmond Brothers. Oh, okay. Well, there's more of the Cowsills, though. There's like five of the Cowsills, and there's right. only a couple Osmonds. So the, the Cowsills right. were a family of brothers and one sister, and right. they they had their, you know, their parents took them on tour, and they traveled. Walk away, Renee? I thought that was somebody else. Uh, maybe they covered it. They probably covered it, yeah. Wow. Very, very weird. But uh, Treat Williams, who starred in that play, just died recently, not too long oh, ago. Uh, and I think, you know, he was a teenager in 1968 when that was uh, the most popular play in the world. So he wasn't that old when he passed. Anyway, uh, just a, a surprise to me that hair is back around. Uh, now, South Dakota, you, are you, uh, do you have strong roots there? or Because uh, as a comedian, I, and I kind of say this to Willie too much, but there's only so much opportunity in South Dakota. You got to eventually you have to kind of. Uh, take your act on the road a little bit from there or can you make a sustainable uh, life in comedy in South Dakota uh, well I, I've grown up here and I love to travel I travel about once a month I get out of here and go somewhere else so I, I travel a lot and I I love to live here though like this is home for me I was born here and I, I like it here so I I do find enough opportunity here and the thing is you know I mean I have like friends that live in LA that I go visit quite often and you know I go see comedy there and stuff and and the thing is there's just there's too many people in bigger cities like that here I find that the opportunity is limitless for me I mean I, I travel all over doing comedy around here and it's it's great I mean I can go to Omaha and Minneapolis and you know I if I want I can book a little tour and travel further and further out of the Midwest but here in Sioux Falls our comedy community is is the biggest in South Dakota obviously uh, but also you know here it, I'm, I'm a big fish in a small pond here I don't <laughs> 
right. no, I get it. Um, uh, but like here, when I say local local people who make it here, there's no local can mean like 350 miles in in any direction, really. Yeah. But uh, they still can make a sustainable life working four or five nights a week, basically, of uh, paying gigs, you know, in this area without being ever um, on the national stage and national headliners and all that yeah. kind of stuff. So uh, it's, it, that's possible in, in Sioux Falls. I mean, we're, we're within, within 300 miles, we're, we're the best destination in any direction. Uh, I, I mean, here, I go to Minneapolis fairly often. That's probably, you know, the biggest local place around here for music and everything else. And I'm there so often for concerts and things that I, I'd say Minneapolis. But like when I go to Omaha and go to an open mic, there's 40 people in an open mic in Omaha. Wow. That's insane. They have to have two shifts. It's like, it's cutthroat there. And I I wouldn't want to live in Omaha and be a comedian. I uh, should have a map up when, when we do the show. Because I'm thinking Omaha and South Dakota are like two separate worlds. I, I got to no, look at it. That's like, what, an hour and a half? No, how far is Omaha? Like Omaha's like three and a half hours, three yeah, hours. Yeah, under four, yeah. Wow. So both of you guys should uh, make friends with Jeremy Peterson, who produces a lot of shows in Omaha. Uh, I mean, in, I was supposed Omaha. to do a show with him over the summer, and then something happened with his venue he canceled it and we never rescheduled but oh uh, maybe he saw your act <laughs> <laughs> he watched he watched the show yeah. oh something happened with the venue you suck yeah. <laughs> that's what happened with... i'm sorry i i didn't that's very mean of me i should not not even say stuff like that I just saw Ryan Ryan O'Flanagan. He's a big LA comic, and he came to Sioux Falls and did a show at, at quite a small venue. and And he said, "Yeah, I, I had a show booked in Omaha, and they canceled it at the last minute. I had it booked for months." And he was like, "I was desperate to find a gig to replace that. That's why I'm at this little bar in Sioux Falls." But he said, "So I looked it up and to see what could possibly have been better than my show in you know in Omaha." And he said it was a karaoke night. He said they they. they they dropped my show for a karaoke night. <laughs> wow. That happened to a friend of mine who went to Texas. He was um, was booked in Texas, Austin, which has like 1,900 places to do comedy, I think. Right. But most of them are Rogan places. But he, same thing. He got bumped, fortunately, before he flew out. Oh, so, nice. but But only weeks before he flew out. That's Ron and, Kane, right? No? Well, it was Ron Kane and someone else. It was Josh DeWay. Okay. But Ron Kane was affiliated with that. So I'm glad we just embarrassed Ron by bringing him up. I did anyway. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, um, I wasn't going to mention any names. I wasn't going to mention any names. I was just going to clarify it, but that's okay. I'm terrible that way. I'm you're sorry about that. Way. Yeah, you're much yeah. worse. Yeah. Well, I hope when anybody, if anybody's listening in the next GD show, you should go to uh, bark at all his jokes and yell out mine. Ah. <laughs> if, you're not, if you're not too busy laughing, yeah. If you if there's any yeah. people if, there if at I all. Give you, Unlike Willie, I'm not going to do a lot of talking. I'm just going to be crowd work. I'll do all I do is crowd work. Obviously, do you don't know anything about comedy. So. I have no idea what to do with comedy. <laughs> None. Um, and the weirdest thing is, my my, I don't want to mention my stepson by name, so I won't mention Nate by name because he's Al? embarrassed. Yeah, but he gave me this, you know. But and I'm like, he doesn't know anything about comedy either. Obviously, you know? he Obviously, gave you yeah. that. Yeah, he gave me this. I'm like, yeah, what am I supposed to do with this? He stole that from David Tell. Obviously. Or, 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 yeah, or maybe he stole it from uh, 
uh, what's his name? Uh, that other guy, Menage a Trois, uh, Segura. Oh, Tom Segura. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, back back to Sarah. So now, uh, you on your internet presence. I don't wasn't sure where where I should point people to find out more about you. Uh, Instagram page. Do you have a sure. website? I do the most on Facebook, uh, Sarah Manson Comedy on Facebook, but you can also find me on Instagram at Sarah Manson Comedy. Okay, I will put those, those. are my two main websites. <laughs> yeah, because uh, are you uh, familiar with this a, a English comedian, Sarah Manson, as well? Mason. No. When I Mason. when I was googling you, I I was like, I came up with Sarah Manson, and I was like. That's not the Sarah Manson whose picture I just put up for no, Monday. No, it's not Sarah Mason. It that it preempts it. It's M E S O N. Oh well, I came up Ooh. in the Google search. It, it does, it does, but and and but it's Mason, Sarah Mason. Okay, so ignore what I just said then. Yeah, <laughs> totally ignore it. Forget and everything. Ignore the fact that I was right and he was wrong. Don't even don't even think about that. It is the first time for everything. Don't even. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so we should send them to Facebook for for to find out where you will be in the, the events that you have coming up. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yep, I, I do all kinds of updates on there. Like I say, I've got like eleven shows this month coming up. <laughs> it, it left in December. That's a lot because yeah. we don't we only have half a month left. So good for you. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but she's also she's also a Larry Brinkman Award winner, so she will be in the yeah. Comic of the Year competition on June. Wow, well, now that's now that to me that's kind of impressive. You've been no comedy for nine months, and you won a Larry Brinkman, who was that guy, Larry Brinkman. <laughs> Yeah. I also I also opened for Ben Bailey from Cash Cab. So that Very was, cool. Was that How recently? Was that show? Was that a yeah, yeah it, it, was, it wasn't long ago. It was it was amazing. Oh my god! It was I. Okay, so we have just a few you know big theaters in this town that I had bucket list theaters to perform on. You know stages that I wanted to do, and I you know I started doing them in theater, and then I wanted to do the Orpheum Theater was my big dog theater I wanted to do and I got to open for Ben Bailey doing comedy on that stage instead of theater which was like it was so amazing Ben Bailey was wonderful very cool and you got to meet him and hang out with him a little bit and know oh him. yeah he was a class act he took us all out to a very fancy restaurant afterwards we had to pay for the cab yeah <laughs> actually he was gonna ride with me and then his opener was like no I want to walk and he was like no I want to ride with her <laughs> Wow! <laughs> right, I bet he did. I bet he did. Yeah, yeah. Did. <laughs> did, you, did you did you get a celebrity dick pic from Ben Bailey? That'd be fabulous. No, not yet. <laughs> not yet. Not yet. in the works, though, possibly. I'm just looking up because uh, uh, it's time to say goodbye to Govs. I'm just looking up who was who's at Govs this weekend. Uh, December 14th, General Hospital, Stone Cold, and the Jackal Holiday. <sighs> Victor Beto was there this weekend, the 16th and 17th. That's Dibetetto. I always say Dibetetto. Vic Dibetetto is there at Governor's this week. Anyway, it's time to say goodbye to Govs. Govs, thanks for being here. Uh, sorry to bore you with the uh, serial stuff, but uh, book Sarah Manson for for all the uh, Governor's Comedy Clubs and uh, yeah. and bring her here to Long Island. Sarah anyway, is go. also, so Sarah is one of the three people I would love to bring to New York. Yes. Uh, oh, I would love that. Because I told you about Jerry. Sarah's another one, and then Preston Williams. Like those three people. Oh I would, yeah. I would kill in body bags too. or as, as performers. No, like, like, listen, bro. I'm telling you, if you if you want to bring a, like a South Dakota takeover and run around New York, that's the crew to do it with. 
A hundred percent. Very cool. Yes. Jerry and I would love that. I'm waiting for him to would. call me right now. I have a plumbing question. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we'll work on this. We will definitely work on this for uh, uh, the near future. Uh, yeah. How, how um, distant into the future are you booked? Because I, I know some people were working on next year. Like, I, I reached out to a celebrity. This was weird last week. Uh, and, to be on the program. And they said, He'd love to do the show in the fall. I said, "This is the fall," and his assistant said, "No, next fall." I was like, wow, really? really? Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking she probably thinks I'm going to forget about it or give up by then. <laughs> well, they also but, might have like something like maybe they know they have a special that's going to come out around right. Yeah, and yeah. They want to like plug that or something. No, yeah. I get it. But to be booked up that that far in advance, there are some people who do that far in advance you got you say you have 11 shows this month how far in advance do you uh plan your your life your comedy sure. life? my my january is pretty full and i've got shows into february and march but i've still got ton i've got a lot of availability in february and march still but i've got two three shows booked in each of those months already so i think you know, I'll, I'll book it, however far out you want <laughs> yeah no I, I think a lot of people listening to this uh and hearing that you're only in it for nine months understanding that you've had a show business background before yes. that uh but sure. nine months it's a lot of people are probably very jealous uh because there are people i know who've been <laughs> at it for years who have two gigs this month and maybe one in january and so probably listening to this and, and dying of envy uh well, right that's south dakota right like right. if you come no, here you, know you can do it yeah, I, this is something that I really kind of, I want to point this out because Sarah is a perfect fucking example of this kind of thing. And this is why, like, you know, this whole this whole paying your dues and building up, uh, it, it's a whole bullshit setup that is really only, like, it, it continues because the mediocre comics that haven't made it yet cannot stand when somebody comes on the scene and just explodes right away. It burns their fucking ass in a way that like they can't tolerate. And that's what leads them to do, you know, the like the edging out. Uh, they just uh, he got got canceled by uh, the comedy police to sh shut Willie up. Uh, he'll be back in one second. Fucking, just, I swear I want... to Christ. I swear to no, watch your mouth. But <laughs> my apologies. All right. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you know, I hear your point, but we can't discount that she's had a a, lo a lot of experience in show business because exactly. a lot of, a lot of exactly. those people have not. So it's not like she just just became in uh, just a newer new newbie in right. in show. But, but what I'm what I mean though is is that there's no reason to not give opportunities to somebody who's newer because I mean if you got the goods, you got the goods. Period. You yeah. know what I mean, and that and that's the way I see it. If 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 you're if you're entertaining on stage and you're going to keep that crowd engaged, I I want you on the stage. You right. know what I mean? Like, well, like why would I not want to do that? I don't Sa care if you've only been doing it. Six to, to that point, months. Sarah, when you when you're reaching out for uh to to book dates and stuff like that, do you include your history of uh, do, you, do you have to explain all that? Like I've been in in theater from my whole life and music my whole life and all that kind of stuff. Do you need to explain that or 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 no, you just say I'm I'm a comedian. Book me. 
I, I, you know, I honestly, I haven't reached out to anyone to book me. Uh, I, wow. I, I'm really well connected with the, you know, just the entertainment industry here through booking bands. And I know all of the, you know, the theater people and I know the, and I know the, all the band people and I know everyone and all the bookers and the promoters and all of that stuff. So they've been friends of mine for over 20 years. So when it comes to finding gigs, I mean, I, I book gigs all the time to people that have never even heard me tell a joke. They're just like, oh my God, you're doing comedy now? We want you. Like, come do this show. Be on this festival. Be on this, you know, this all this stuff. And they they just, they book me. And then having, and the other thing is open mics, you know, just going to open mics consistently and networking. And I'm really, really present on social media. So, I mean, it's, it's people come to me and book me for things. And, and it's, I don't, I haven't, I, ha I don't really have like a, a press kit that I reach out to people and ask them to book me. It's, it's through word of mouth and showing up to events and showing up places and just being present is the good main for thing. you. Good for you. I'm glad to yeah, see it happening for you. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, but the other underlying thing in there is kind of back to people lead to people. This networking that you've yes. done and the connections that you've made yes. have been beneficial now a lot of people in are just not people people you know i mean they they're really comfortable <laughs> on stage but one on one with with regular people making those connections i don't know Willie, you raise your hand but it seems to me you are pretty good at networking I have quite a few yes and no, a wide like, net of contacts yeah, i i, I have a bigger background in sales so that might be <laughs> right, it's important right. and if you don't have that you either have to have somebody in your corner who is good at that, who's willing to support you and do that work for you, or you're really not going to get very far. You have to, and this is the case with GD. Nobody likes him. He doesn't like anybody. And this is why he's very uh, unheard of and unsuccessful and uh, pretty much a nobody and destined to remain. And it helps that I don't know anything about comedy. Right. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I ever, I didn't even mean it in that way, bro. Right. How many ways is there to say you don't know anything about if you knew anything about comedy? This is exactly what you said. Listen, I don't know if you know anything about comedy, bro. right? So actually, <laughs> if you knew anything about said, comedy, if you know, I said, if, if you know anything about comedy, and I said yeah. it in the regard of, and, and then he goes on to tell me what the things I'm doing wrong. Why are you doing? He goes on to tell me what I'm doing wrong. All right. If you knew anything about comedy. All right, Sarah. Uh, it's it's been a pleasure to have you here uh, today. Thank you. Thanks, thanks, thanks for. Uh, get, I had, you know what? I've been trying to get those two to fight forever, but they do it when I'm about to uh, kind of say goodbye to a guest and thank her for being on. <laughs> Instead of when we first start, come on with that fire. Or tomorrow morning, if you guys are both here tomorrow morning, just come on and resume that fight. Yeah. So thank you for getting up early and being part of the show this morning. Thank you and for we, having we me. Will, yeah, we'll support you in any way we can. Any, you know, you want to send me, uh, or I will just follow your page. But if you have any special things you want me to mention, you want me to send hecklers your way, like Jackie did last Friday. Uh, <laughs> No, no, uh, anyway, so but we do thank you, and we hope people will support you, and we expect to see big things from you in, in the future. So thanks for being here, and have a great day. Thank you very much. Thank bye you. Thanks, well, for having me, inviting me. Okay, yeah, bye for now. Sarah Manson, folks. Now, I mean it. You guys should come on and resume that fight from scratch tomorrow, or whenever you're both on again. I don't know if you can. can tomorrow, just a, an advance on this week. Uh, and I will probably, I, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to mention 
the uh, stuff that I started with today. Uh, but I'm, you know, if I mention it at all, it's just going to be in reference to uh, what I'm going to be doing on the evening show. Now, tomorrow we have uh, Elliot McConnell, who has been on the show before they have a new release. Uh, so we're going to be talking about that. And then uh, another of Willie's uh, contacts, Celia Contreras. Yeah, she's been on Kill Tony a couple times. Has she? Kill Tony, this is what I'm, I'm interested yeah. in. Uh, more than once, right? Because uh, there's yeah, a whole she's been on twice. Just twice because there's a whole subreddit. There's a whole subreddit to Celia uh, uh, on Tony on Kill Tony, and they say every time she brings a minute, it gets better and better. So I was assuming right. they were more than it, one. So it, yeah, maybe maybe there's a couple that I missed or whatever. But I, it, as far as I know, it's probably it could be three times or more. But uh, I've seen her. I've seen two of the episodes that she was on. Very very funny. Uh, I saw the episode where Roseanne invited her to open for her in Florida. Um, and yeah, she's really good. I think she's based out of Arizona. Um, okay. How did you How did you know her? Uh, I I hit her up. I hit her up on social media after I oh. saw her and killed Tony. I'm like, listen, uh, so bro, she doesn't I'm, have a Sioux Falls or or Albuquerque no, type of connection no, at, at all. No, no. Okay. Although I try, I I I have tried to get her booked in uh, Albuquerque. And I'm also trying to get her. I'm trying to get her to do uh, Fargo, Sioux Falls, and Sioux City probably in the spring because she's she wants she's one of those comics that wants to do all 50 states and so i was like well listen i can i can help you knock out three like easy like bam 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 let's do it you know yeah like, um i don't i don't think we're going to be sponsoring that snow jam thing at all uh it, it just doesn't look like that that's going to be a reality for this year maybe for next year um uh, this will be their last year this is actually the last just year stopping doing it yeah just... this will be the final year Oh, missed well. it by that much. Yeah, missed it by that much. <laughs> the rest of the week gets a little weird. Um, that's the end of the comedy for uh, Wednesday. I have authors Gary Morgenstein, who is a uh, Brooklyn-based. I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, I've talked to him before, but I can't find the episode on my evening show of Meet the Author. And then the love languages guy is going to have a third time uh, if he does. My love this language is, is showing up. Yeah, show yeah, yeah, no kidding. No kidding. If we didn't show him this time, you're, I'm sure you're going to light him up good. I'm going right. to. I'm going to introduce him to the Catholic Church. Uh, oh. in Rockville Center. That's what I'm going to do. Matt, I have a question, real quick. This is starting to bug me. Okay. Uh, the, the picture of you in the corner is that a turntable behind your head? What's no, that in it's, the a, background? it's a it's a uh, UFO. Oh, okay, because I was turn I didn't know if it was a turntable or if it was like the side of a dumbbell. You know, I didn't know what it was. I, you know, side of a dumbbell, that's a good guess. I could definitely see it being that. Could yeah, because I am a dumbbell. So hey. three dumbbells then. Me and me looking up at me and Willie, but excluding you, like you don't matter. Right, right. Right. I understand. So, yeah. No, um, I could have changed that background soon, you know. Uh, they allow video backgrounds. I just gotta kind of figure out a new. I don't like that one. A new thing to have behind us here, because it wasn't designed for three. It was designed for two. Was this, and it's much more comfortable uh, like this. See, it's better like that than like this with three. But there's one for five. I have one for five. No, I have one for four. But I don't have one for th a good one for three. I'm gonna have to change this one for three, or go with the this kind of thing 
Wait, this thing? No, that doesn't work. This thing. I like this thing. Except whoa, get whoa. you out of there and get me. Wait. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Yeah, that's a good but one. But yeah, that's, no, that's I do a... like that setup. If you were centered there, I think that's because you were making hopes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. This... yeah. Or even this. Yeah. This or draw a new one. Uh, of, you know, I need to come up with, but the background needs to change there because we can't have me just looking up and people thinking that's a dumbbell or a turntable. It's a UFO, damn it. That's what it is. Oh, I did not know that because I've never seen a UFO that close up. No, I, I get it. Uh, anyway, we got one minute to hey, say wait a minute. Hang on. From the outside. Get, didn't you get... I was no, going to say, I was going to... I, I thought you got the abducted. Reverend was abducted. The Reverend was abducted and he was um, only on the inside because if he was on the outside, he probably wouldn't be able to breathe. Umducted. He got umducted. Uh, we have to say goodbye well, to people. First Pete. you get abducted, then you get un umducted. Bye-bye, PBMT. Yeah, I got 30 seconds to say goodbye to PBM TV. Uh, listen, if you're on PBM TV... Peanut butter mayonnaise. Also, I'm thinking uh, that... I hate to say this. I'm thinking those numbers are deceitful, the, the viewers on, on PBM TV. I think that's a script. Why, why do you mean that? Because, because of Sunday. Because it, it, I looked at the, the code of the a web page and it's using a WordPress plugin that you can actually set to start at a minimum. So if if you started at 120 say minimum viewers, no even if there's nobody there it's going to show 120. Why would it, why would you do that? If people do that for if they're going to deceive advertisers and stuff like that. I I just but if you but if it's you have just a surprising number, if you have a minimum a, number and it goes up then it's going up from that minimum yeah. So, but if you know what the minimum number is, then you can deduce what. The, right, but it, it's somewhat deceitful yeah. in all of that. So I'm, I, I'm suspecting that. Anyway, I got to say goodbye to them. Let's remove them right now, uh, and then we can continue to talk about this. Now, why you would do that? Um, if you wanted to say to advertise, uh, we have this many viewers. You want to start at that number, and then, uh, and then they see more than that. Um, I hate to think that way, but this plugin is designed for that. And uh, it's hard for me to believe that there were 200 people up at 6 o'clock in the morning, uh, L.A. time, or 9 o'clock, tuning in on a Sunday morning. Uh, just, when I saw yeah, that, I, it's like, I, 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 I got to check this out. And, yeah. and then when you see that it's powered by a plugin that features set your minimum number of uh, immediate display, I got to talk to Corey about that. I don't. I feel like that's. I don't want to be part of that. If that's the case, I want to get off of it. If that is the case, I hope it's not yeah, the case. We don't want to fudge our numbers. We don't. We don't need either to, that or we don't, or, need to, we don't need to build ourselves up like we're not. You know. Yeah, build in honest numbers. We can build in yeah. honest numbers. Yeah. I did that with with Rumble when we were first on Rumble. I was seeing crazy numbers, like we we're getting like uh, nine hundred viewers on the live stream in the morning. I was like. That can't be accurate. And then I, I started tweaking with the code. Now it shows the number of unique viewers. So it will say uh, 350 views, but then it'll say unique viewers 17. That's more like it. 17 people were watching that more. And if they kind of you know went into another tab or something and came back, they count that as another view or whatever. Right. Okay. okay. You gotta be honest with people. You can't lie. Uh, yeah, I, I believe I believe me. That's and that's part of the reason why I'm not as successful as I could or should be because I'm honest to my own detriment. Right. 
Me too, bro. Me too. I mean, I you know, I'm a I, I network a lot and and I reach out to a lot of people, but like I'm I'm also an asshole that don't allow you to piss on my back and tell me it's raining. Yeah, and, and I don't know anything about comedy, so I think it's pissing your ear and tell you it's raining. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> what is, well, are you saying I've been doing that saying wrong the whole time? I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's pissing. Don't piss in my ear and tell me it's raining. I could Actually, be wrong. It's Maybe it's you're geographical. It's geographical because down here yeah. in the south, it's don't piss on my leg and tell me it's raining. Oh, or piss on my foot and piss right. on my shoes. It's it's geographical. Yeah. Oh. Everybody has their own place that they don't want to be pissed on. Right. Well, New I York, mean, apparently, yeah. people have been pissing in ears or something, which is really troubling. Maybe that's why I have such ear problems. Uh, who knows? That's, like, that's... I know I, I got pissed on a lot in junior high until I started fucking freaking out and kicking everybody's ass. Yeah. Well, um, this has been an interesting show. I hope people uh, are interested enough to follow up on this uh, and, and, uh, and follow me on this journey of... Uh, the connection between the serial killers, the Catholic Church, the satanic cults, and these wild sex orgies and all this kind of stuff that's going on. Can all I say way. something real quick? Willie just reminded me of something. At my brother's memorial service, uh, a guy showed up and he Pissed says in your to, ear. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, he showed up and he says to me, you remember, you know, remember me? And he said his name. He always went by his last name. He says his name. And I remembered him, and that was it. It was like, oh, yeah, that was it for me. I heard the name, went, oh, yeah, I kind of know who that is. He goes, I used to torment you in high school. And and I, and I thought to my, and, that was, and he said it with a smile, like, that was like what I did. That was my thing. I tormented you in high school. And, and I thought about it, went, yeah, you tried, but you wasn't really successful because I was, a, I fought back, you know. Right. You know well, and, so, like, and so I, up until I was 12, because my mom, you know, I'm being raised Catholic and my mom was very devout. Up until I was 12, bro, like I didn't fight back. I, I was the playground punching bag. I was the one that everybody, you know, tormented and beat the shit out of. And then one day when I was 12, I decided, you know what, I'm not taking this shit anymore. And and the tables turned. But up until that point, like uh, like I was tormented in some, in some pretty severe ways. Um, that I'm that I'm still working to get over, uh, unfortunately, and it's part of why I'm such an asshole. And if you mistreat me today, I'll fucking say something right away, because because that's I the reason you're an asshole. I that's mean, it's it? a big part of it. I really I feel that way. What are the other parts? I just want to see what the predominant part is. I just want to. <laughs> it's like what the predominant gene is. You know. <laughs> I mean. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I definitely, um, there's, you know, there's, there's definitely some bitterness I'm trying to let go of, you know what I'm I can't have two overlays, oh I can't have two overlays at the same time. That's a shame. Where the white women at? Wait, <laughs> women say that. Where the white women at? <laughs> it's already in a reel, so I can't even, uh, use that again. Uh, oh, you can't use it again? <laughs> I gotta get some new overlays, oh. but, uh... Anyway, uh, well, I'm, I, I'm grateful you guys were a part of this show. Don't finger the parrot. Yeah. <laughs> All right, parrot, get lost. Um, yeah. So follow me on the on this whole conspiracy uh, trail. Go, um, Willie. Play pet the Negro. <laughs> what? what? Play pet the Negro. <laughs> I don't like the use of that language on this program. <laughs> 
<laughs> if you want to use the n-word use it outright don't be dumb right oh yeah exactly. if, if your radio sounds racist in the morning oh, <laughs> it definitely does definitely does and you're the, you're the reason it does oh um, no no i didn't bring a black market that was willie <laughs> he did not invent that term. It was been it's been around since long before Willie was born. Yeah, so, but he used like, it. I appreciate you saying that. <laughs> but it was the first time it was ever used on this show in all the years that you've ever had this show. Oh no, I used yeah, the no, term I'm black sure. market a lot. No, I'm a pretty lot. sure it was the first time. I'm pretty sure it was the first time. When I talk about the weed business uh in no, here I'm, long pre- Island, I'm pretty sure it was the first time. I'm pretty sure. I don't think I anybody said, but, I say black market all the time. You because... racist, you racist turd. What I know. <laughs> because the black market, uh, where you buy weed, it's cheaper uh, and it's better weed. You could still buy good weed and in the bagging and the packaging is more economic. Uh, what is it? Uh, not ecological. It's more ecological package. It's just one little bag instead of a, a brown box with a glass jar and a plastic lid and all that kind of extra packaging on it. And you get better weed for uh, cheaper money on the black market. So in, as, as long as that is thrives, this whole uh, benefits of taxation through uh, the weed, legalized weed is not necessarily working out the way it should work out anyway. So I use the term black market a lot. So, uh, so I am I am a racist bad guy. Yeah. Now, as far as the the, the uh, Gilgos, was it Gilbo's? Gilgo. 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 Gilgo Beach. Okay. Do they have like a black market there also? What do you mean? What's on it? What's what's the beat? What's because like Fire Island has like many many sections and it's like an industry thing almost. I don't. I've never heard of, with the exception of the serial killers. I don't. I have nothing else to associate Gilgo with. Gilgo is a surfer beach. Okay, because like Fire Island, I can associate that with industry, right? The, the match industry, but Gilgo, I had nothing to associate. Really? With. What Fire Island is? Uh, Fireplaces big... and logs and stuff. Yuletide. No, Fire Island got its name by it was a pirate uh, smuggling. Uh, destination, and they used to light fires on it to let the pirates uh, see the different destinations. The, the, Why not uh, Pirate the, Island? That's a good question. I don't know. I wasn't around then, but uh, well, you can understand my point though, because Fire Island is Fire Island. It has something, but Gilgo Beach is that's the only thing. It's just known for its serial killers. Fire Island is known for its gay lifestyle. Uh, lots of really lots of looking forward to visiting. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of um, the Miss Fire Island uh, pageant is uh, transvestites and transsexuals. Uh, I thought Fire Island had like sections. It's all one. It's just all one. One one Fire Island is different beaches along like Kismet and and they're, they're different. Cherry Grove. Cherry Grove is all gay. It's basically uh, just gay men. Not even gay women. It's all just gay men in Cherry Grove. Kismet is more of the orgy. Uh, rich people go there, hire a houseboy, fuck the houseboy type of thing. Okay, so uh, I have really no concept of Fire Island. Then I just thought it was like a beach, and we had like I had, like I had no concept. Okay, never mind. Yeah. Well, Gilgo is on Ocean Parkway, which is a barrier beach, just and connected to Fire Island in a way. But uh, it's the barrier beach, and there are town beaches. Gilgo, Oak Beach, uh, Tobey, all those kind of things 
all of those are lumped in together with the gear, Gilgo serial killers because he didn't just dump bodies at Gilgo. He dumped them at Go. Uh, the, the first case that opened it was Shannon Gilbert on Oak Beach. Tobey, as I mentioned before, had that woman who was murdered on this date. She washed up there. Lots of that whole barrier beach, down to Jones Beach and all that kind of stuff. I have a question. I have a yes. question. Where, where in New York City do I need to go to get a job as a designated pussy eater? Because that's that's the job I'm really looking for. I mean, really, that's designated. Designated, as, as if there was uh, like a glory, like you know, glory like a designated for, hitter doesn't you know, have to play glory, the field. Glory for dick sucking and stuff like that. Like I, I want to like, where can I apply to just be the tongue that licks the pussy? You know what I mean? Like, that's, well, first uh, of all, you need a license in New York. You need a license for all that stuff. You, you have to. You can't just hey, do it. Hey, I'll, I'll submit. I'll submit. I totally. Yeah. There is no legalized sex work in New York. Uh, just to be uh, clear about that, no, there's no licensing of sex Vegas workers it is. here. Vegas, it is. But they but have no. politics. Uh, but they have uh, what? What did Adams? You have Adams for a mayor, not you, but they have Adams for a mayor in New York. In in New York, and they don't have. That doesn't make sense. No. They never have, uh, but there is plenty of illegal sex work and, and lots of uh, massage parlors or whatever. Uh, I don't know where I do they have magic fingers. I I don't know where the where the main sex work uh, capital is in, in this area. I'm I'm sure Lower Manhattan is still that. Well, Greenwich according Hiller, to the, the ex governor, according to the ex governor, that was in the um in, in the uh, yeah in Albany. That's Albany. a long time ago. That's a long time. Is it time Albany ago. or Albany? Albany. Because in, in the you know, South they say the same just, word, they say Albany. I would just like to lay on a bed for eight hours and then just woman after woman just come sit on my face like that. I, that that'd be a great job. Is I, there a I'd, time? I'd stop doing comedy if I could find that job. Is there a break in between for like gargling? Mouthwash yeah, I mean, or something. It, it probably it probably yeah flossing would. I would <laughs> hope so. Flossing would be better. When it came, when I was a young man, I made the mistake of, of uh, telling a woman that uh, that I was, you know, I would love to just do that all the time. And she said, "Really? Have you seen? You know, some women just are really unkempt down there. You got that fucking really nasty um, junk." Used to it after a while. Though. I don't think so. When, I, when, I, the I, minute she said that to me, it's like you know, like, maybe she's right. Maybe. maybe. She's right. And I'm sure she's right. different shapes and sizes to it. I'll tell you. You got to be careful when going down that way. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, generally, I like to make sure a girl passes the finger test first because you don't need a yeast infection in your mouth. Right. Yeah, that'd be terrible. Or, or, or um, on your mustache. Is that what you're going to say on your mustache? Are you going to say on your mustache? Aren't you going to be a problem? I'm sure that that's what's going on in Detroit. The whole Uh, (laughs) the syphilis eye thing. Yeah, this is, yeah, they don't have any more. They haven't had any more cases in that though, not recently. I, have you? Are you following up on this? Do we know this? Oh yeah, that? oh yeah. Because I'm waiting for those. Women you're on to the send case. Me yeah, I'm on the case. I'm yeah. waiting for those women. That's, to send what, me he, a that's what he got the whiteboard for originally. Oh yeah, the, the whiteboard was initially so I could keep track of the eye, the ocular syphilis. The ice in Michigan, Detroit. <laughs> uh, what the uh, hell? This has been a great show. This is a lot of fun. I love making out with a sock full of nickels. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Uh, thank you for I think that. They said I like making out with the sock hole in I dislike. I oh, I I think he just misspelled. I think he meant Michelle <laughs> Nichols. Yeah, but you know, for as much as I talk, I mean, my tongue really doesn't get tired. So I mean, that's really why I'm thinking about making the switch. 
All right. Well, consider that uh, and and do some thinking on it. In the meanwhile, I'm getting rid of both of you guys and, and saying goodbye myself. Uh, ho- hopefully, you'll both be here tomorrow. We'll see about that. But uh, Why wouldn't yeah. I be? Well, because, you know, sometimes I know you have a funeral comedy gig tomorrow night. Uh, <laughs> that you're for. And sometimes you work, you, you could get a roadie gig late tonight and then all of a sudden be really tired tomorrow morning or something like that. Anything right. like I that. I try and let you know beforehand. Do I not do that? Yeah, no, I, I'm just saying things could happen, but I, I hope you're here. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Rev, I can't say I hope you're here. I mean, GD, I can't say I hope you're here. Uh, if you're here, we'll tolerate you. How about that? Yeah, I, oh well, I'm, th- Thursday, I may be cutting out early because my my. My friend's mom died, and I'm going to go to their memorial well, service. I'm sorry for your friend's mom. By the way, she, Thursday she was 101. Is a, she was 101. Thursday's a very weird day. We have an MIT uh, scientist who from Iran, Iran, who's going to talk about uh, the state of Iranian, Iranian U.S. relations and stuff like that. She's a MIT. Uh, I don't know if she's a computer scientist, mathematician, whatever. <laughs> So it should be a really kind of strange conversation for me to navigate. Anyway, I'm saying um, Thursday. Thursday is my seven years out of prison. Thursday is my seven year anniversary of being out. Uh, an Iranian prison at that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We have to tie it in some way. Oh, well, I hope uh, we'll see. I mean, don't leave me alone for that. <laughs> no, you can leave me alone. For that. <laughs> anyway, uh, I'm getting rid of you guys. Get get lost. Get out of my room. Get off my phone. All you guys, get off my phone. I'm saying goodbye. Uh, I will be doing a follow-up, um, several follow-ups to this whole uh, this. Uh, Rudy and Trump linked to Long Island serial killer. On the evening program, not tonight, but probably at some point this week, I'll do my first installment of that. It's a very deep, long story, and the facts are uh, never... Uh, going to be fully exposed, but I'll do my best to uh, expose as many of them as I can until I get a bullet in the back of my head. Thanks for coming. Enjoy the rest of your day. Don't forget to turn on the radio. Bye for now.